The world is a beautiful but challenging place to live. And let's face it, life hits hard sometimes. So if you find your hopes and dreams and mental well-being needs a boost, you're tuned in to the right podcast. Welcome to Inspire Us with your host, Jay Paul Nadeau, a former hostage negotiator turned motivational speaker and acclaimed author of Take Control of Your Life. And now, here's your host, Jay Paul Nadeau. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Inspire Us. Today's episode is going to be a little bit different. I'm going to be releasing a recording that was created on the 26th of March, 2022, on Clubhouse. Now, you've heard me talk about Clubhouse so many times because I love the app. It's a great place to meet people. It's a great place to jump into a room and get informed or to start your own rooms. And interestingly enough... Just over a year ago, a friend of mine, King Sue, and I started a room on self-sabotage. And since then, we have been joined by some amazing moderators, some doctors, some actors, and just people with genuinely good hearts who pour into people to help them deal with some of the stresses and difficulties that they're going through in life. Now, we don't dispense psychiatric information or that kind of therapy, no. We just pour from our hearts. And you're going to hear that in the next two hours and a bit. So I'm going to be doing things from time to time. And what I'm also going to be doing is releasing some podcast episodes that I have in the queue that I've been working at. And that will be the format from this point on. So I am glad that you're joining us. And if you are someone who is dealing with depression or if you are sad, lonely, whatever your circumstances are, just remember that you are not alone and that there are people out there that can help. There are trusted people you can go to, you can call helplines, you can get the help that you need. And listen to this episode. There are some great people. People will come up and share. They'll either ask for help or they'll provide some of the things that have worked for them in the past when dealing with self-sabotage. And if you are a reader or someone who likes to listen to podcasts and you like books that may help you through this kind of stuff, I'm going to give you a pitch on my book. Yes, I am. Take Control of Your Life. I wrote this book about four years ago, and it has become a bestseller in Canadian airports. A lot of people have replied to me and they've sent me emails telling me how much it's helped them. And now it's available on audio. You can get the audio through Audible or on Amazon, and you can get the book in printed form on just about any one of the online bookstores. So there's my pitch. It's a good book. I know that you'll get a lot from it. And without any further delay, it is now my pleasure to present to you the Clubhouse Room on Negotiate Your Way Out of Self-Sabotage, and enjoy. Good morning. Good morning. All right, make you a moderator here. Good morning, Michelle. Bonjour. Bonjour, comment ça va? Ça va bien. Ah, parfait, parfait. 
My goodness, I was just telling King, I got back from uh, Kansas City yesterday. I got up at 2.15 in the morning to grab the early flight and do all that kind of stuff. I got back around, I think it was around 4 o'clock that I got back uh, to Canada. And I fell asleep yesterday. And man, oh man, I, I got about 12 hours sleep. I was exhausted. Hey, bro. Hey, good morning, Paul. Good morning, King, Michelle, everyone. Um, just anxious to hear uh, how your uh, talk uh, went, uh, bro. So uh, maybe afterwards we can have a quick chat. You got it. Uh, I got to say, I I love speaking, and it was amazing. But we'll we'll chat a little bit later. Awesome. Yeah. All right, we're going to get started in just a couple of minutes. Hello, Murray, and uh, I see that uh, Mercy and Mickey and Ginger. Um, oh, God, we got a lot of people in the room this morning, so welcome. We're going to get started in just a few moments. We're just going to give it a couple more minutes uh, for other moderators to join us, and at 11 o'clock, we'll get started. Paul, just while, while we're waiting then to start, um, did you encounter any problems at the uh, airports or be able to get through okay? No, I got through just fine. Actually, it, it was amazing. Uh, in the United States yesterday, uh, when I arrived at the airport, it was around 3.30 in the morning. And I, I didn't even have to go through security. It was just like, hey, here you go. There's, uh, you know, there's where you catch the plane. Uh, it was weird. Uh, but where I found, and I was telling King in a message this morning, the difficulty was getting that COVID test. Uh, just the results, I couldn't get them printed. Uh, I tried the, uh, the you know that uh, that box that I bought, King. Uh, you can do a test at home, and it can be monitored by somebody. But uh, I tell you, that was that was a, a pain. It was a nightmare just to get that done. I got here though, but uh, the airports were uh, very very good. Awesome. And I, uh, that's likely the last time you have to take the test anyways. Yes. Getting back into Canada, that's the, uh, that's the circumstance now. Uh, getting into the United States, we still have to get an antigen test. Michelle? Yeah, no, I was just going to um, ask if everyone who's down below in the lounge area, if you wouldn't mind inviting some friends in uh, or just maybe writing something in the hallway to say, come on in because we're going to have a really great talk today. And um, I just want to have a full room. A lot of our friends are out there. They just have to be reminded. <laughs> yes, that's true. Let's uh, start pinging people in. And uh, yeah, I'm going to do that myself. You can also share. I see that two people have shared the room already. And we do have a chat feature uh, that I would invite everybody to use. It's that little bubble at the uh, bottom left of your screen, uh, at least on the iPhone it is. And you can chat, ask questions there. And uh, we'll get started in just a moment. I just want to get this song to uh, to finish. This is uh, Brandy Carlisle, The Joke. It's so beautiful. If you get a chance to listen to the lyrics of this song, it truly is beautiful. The Joke by Brandy Carlisle. All right. She's I'm going to turn that performer. down. She's a What's stunning that? performer. She is. Yep. And speaking of stunning performers, I got to say, my daughter, uh, bro, did you get a chance to uh, to listen to her interview uh, that she did on uh, the American television show? No, is it on her Facebook page? It is. Yep, she spoke about uh, the industry, the entertainment industry. My daughter is a professional singer, and she has a, a CD out, and she also helps entertainers to uh, monetize their entertainment 
because there's so much free music out there. She shows people how to how to monetize. And I, I'll tell you, she had an interview on uh, American television, and wow, it was magnificent. So it is on Facebook, and you can find it on YouTube as well. I am going to go, but I just want to mention to everyone here, her name is Cassie Nadeau, obviously. She's Paul's daughter. She is, she's awesome. I mean, truly, I'm not just saying that because I'm her uncle, but uh, she sort of fits in the genre of postmodern jukebox, if you know what that genre is like. Um, a voice that uh, once you, I've never heard a better rendition, by the way, of Somewhere Over the Rainbow than her. But apart from that, she's just awesome. So yeah, that, that's a, a good uh, a good plug for her because her voice is magnificent. Yeah, thanks for saying that. Um, the one difficulty you may have in finding her music is that, <clears throat> excuse me, she goes under the um, name Miss So-and-So. And I don't know why she picked that one. Well, I do, actually, because I was talking to her. I said, why did you pick that? And she said, well, a lot of people were asking me, what am I going to brand myself as? And uh, she says, well, I'm just a, an average girl. I'm just Miss So-and-So. And that kind of stuck with her. And now she regrets it. She should have gone under Cassie or something along that line. But uh, the name of the album is A Night of Obsession. And it talks about, uh, there are five songs on the album. And it talks about her journey, meeting this boy, falling in love with this boy, and their relationship, and then how she found him cheating on her, and then how she took care of that situation. So the whole arc, you can listen to every song independently, and it tells a story on its own. But if you listen to the whole arc, you actually listen to her whole re relationship with this guy. And she says, you don't mess around with a queen. And what's beautiful, the last song, when she actually played this uh, for the first time, her uh, cheating boyfriend was in the audience when she started to play this uh, CD, and uh, he got focused that night. So anyway, welcome Candice and Jacqueline and Dr. Norman, who have just joined us, and we're just going to get started this morning. What I would like to do, we are in the Take Control of Your Life room, and if you like the entertainment here, when... What is being said, I got entertainment in my mind. This is not entertainment, it is just focused on helping people. So just click on that green uh, clubhouse and uh, join us. We are in the negotiate your way out of self-sabotage and what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna turn the microphone to each of my moderators to introduce themselves. We are going to leave the replays on and the reason that we're doing that is because there's such valuable and rich information that's being shared here. And once the room is done, you can come back and listen to it again, and others can do the same. And we have people who have come up and shared some very sensitive stuff. If you don't feel like doing that, please do let us know in the chat, and uh, we will bring your questions out. But I do believe that the information is that valuable to have the replays on. And also, we, um, although we do have doctors who join us, we are not dispensing any type of therapy we are really coming from the heart. So what we're talking about are things, yes, that we have experience in and that the doctors have experience in, but we're giving our opinion, our thoughts, and we're going to do that in the most loving way that we possibly can. We're here to support you. We're here to help you. And uh, please do come up and join us if you have something that you would like to uh, ask about uh, how you can negotiate your way out of self-sabotage. We will help you in that uh, respect. If there's anything that you're struggling with, come up and tell us. This is a safe place. And do feel free to come up and share your experiences as well. 
and uh, we'll take it from there. We usually run the, uh, the room for two hours, and we're going to try to stick to that to respect your time. Uh, what I would like to ask each and every one of you is that I want to focus on what's being said by each speaker, so I won't be answering two, well, I won't be answering messages in the background. So if you have something that you want to ask me directly, please do send your messages to King, and King will uh, then uh, decide which ones uh, should come to me. So thank you very much for that, and we'll get started. I'm going to turn the microphone over to King to introduce himself, and then he can pass it on. So over to you, King. Sorry, thanks, Paul. I just had to navigate my way back over to the stage here. Um, so thank you so much for that. And um, <clears throat> thank you so much to everyone for joining us. Uh, my name is King and I am uh, the uh, co-founder of this room with Paul. We started just over a year ago and it's been a great adventure for me just learning from everyone. And uh, what I do in my day life is I'm a social media brand strategist and also a travel blogger as well. Um, so, I mean, I'm hopefully I can... Uh, bring some of my experiences from those worlds uh, when they do apply here to help everyone um, with the challenges that they're facing. And I'm uh, just happy to be here and to support everyone. And with that, I'm going to pass it over to Michelle to uh, let, let everyone know all the great things about her. Michelle? Sorry about that. I was trying to chat uh, to Tazy. We just wanted to share with people that if you haven't been on the um, app in the last couple of weeks, they changed the way to invite people into the room to communicate about a room. And now if you want to invite your clubhouse friends or if you want to write something in the hallway or share it on social media, you have to actually click on the little box with the arrow that right now on my screen shows six, which means uh, people have shared this room six times already. So once you click on that button, you can either share it on clubhouse, you can share via social media, you can copy the link to paste it into like say your text messages to someone that you want to come in or you can in, use the invite people function, which shows a little blue person with a plus sign next to them. And that's how you get your clubhouse friends in. And so I just wanted to say that because, um, you know, clubhouse is always updating itself. And another thing would be if you haven't updated your clubhouse in a while, it's really great to go into the app store and redownload it so that you make sure that you're getting all of the functionality that clubhouse is designing. And so uh, a little bit about me, well, I think I've just been a lover of people my whole life uh, since I was very young. And when I was very young, I saw that I could make a difference for someone just by listening to them. And that never left me seeing how just by really hearing someone, it could really support them. And uh, so how that's manifested itself is uh, I've obviously been in a lot of corporate roles over my years, but I actually am a transformational coach and trainer. And I used that doing management consulting gigs uh, to get into corporate world and to help people who are in organizations to, you know, be themselves, to see more possibilities for themselves by looking at their belief systems and uh, thoughts and, uh, you know, what they made significant about those belief systems and thoughts and how simply being able to transform what you're thinking, change your thinking, can change your life. Uh, that it isn't about necessarily these, her, uh, how do you say this, her her Heraclean efforts uh, to like do, 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 that sometimes it's a matter of shifting who you're being that makes all the difference. And so uh, that's basically what I've been doing for the last quarter, 
century. <laughs> and uh, it's the place I love to be in. And so currently I you know, work with uh, John Q. Public, uh, helping them as a coach and a trainer. I do transformational trainings uh, once a month. And it's just really a place for people to try on new ways of thinking. And so I'm here today just to support and add value where I can uh, and definitely to deeply listen because that's what I learned at a very young age was one of the miracles that we are born with that can make such a difference to other people. So with that, I'm going to pass the mod mic on uh, to the next speaker. And I believe that that's Robert. Robert, good morning. Yep, there we go. Good morning, Michelle. Thank you for that. Um, uh, and Michelle, it's hard for me to believe that you've been doing anything for a quarter century <clears throat> other than uh, breathing. You look way too young for that. But um, anyhow, that aside. So unlike Michelle, who is a true lover of people, as she is when you're on this room, I'm more like uh, that philosopher of pessimism, Arthur Schopenhauer, who once said that there are two kinds of people in the world and avoid both of them. Um, so anyhow, all kidding aside, all kidding aside, I am Paul's older brother and, um, and, and I'm here, I, I'm here first and foremost, I guess, to learn because I find that, uh, since beginning, uh, uh, in this room, I, I've learned so much. I've taken so much away. Uh, my my philosophy of pessimism has changed quite substantially. <laughs> I'm no longer Ebenezer Scrooge like I used to be. Um, but uh, all kidding aside, my my background is in the uh, um, I, my undergrad was in the philosophy of uh, history, uh, the history of philosophy, history of science. Um, by day, I am a lawyer. I've been a practicing business lawyer, uh, doing contracts, employment law, that kind of thing in Canada. Uh, but uh, by night, I I'm a mentalist. I'm an entertainer. It's a kind of um, mentalism is a kind of magic, uh, my uh, sort of magical entertainment. Uh, but my audiences are sophisticated audiences. My tagline is magic for the intelligent mind. Um, and that um, that art, that entertainment art that I've done has really forced me to look into the philosophy of mind and study it and uh, to, uh, I guess, major in critical thinking. I, I've taken sort of my philosophy and I apply critical thinking to just about every aspect of my life. So when I'm here, um, when I'm listening, I'm, I'm also trying to think critically about the things we're saying. And sometimes I question things that, that people say, but I'm questioning them to get at the truth, not, not, not really to challenge people, but to, just to get people to think more deeply about, uh, about what they are saying and how they are feeling, and uh, because sometimes we allow our emotions to take over. So that's enough about me. Now, ordinarily, I would pass this now over to the next speaker, Candice, but Candice has asked me to please do her intro because um, she is driving and uh, she is not capable at the moment of, of, of uh, doing the intro. She'll be able to join us in a few minutes once she arrives at her destination. So very briefly, I have no notes. She kind of sprung that on me at the last moment, but I have known Candice now for about the last four or five years. Candice is a remarkable individual. She's um, truly a, a a voice of inspiration. Like Michelle, she is a lover of people, but she's 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 also, um, in, in addition to that, she's also very... Uh, um, her training is both as a business coach and as uh, an emotional intelligence 
coach and life coach. Um, I've seen her manage groups that were very unruly, a little bit uh, kind of <laughs> required some finesse to handle. And she is able to understand people and is able to lead them on and uh, lead them to a proper uh, uh, destination. So anyhow, Candice, I hope I didn't butcher your intro too much. And with that, I will turn it over to Jacqueline. I think you did an amazing job, Robert, considering Candice is still working on her bio. So I think that was perfect. Good morning, everyone. So good to see so many friends here. Kea, Tazy, Marae, uh, Vicky, everybody's here this morning. So my name is Jacqueline Wang. For those of you that don't know me, I'm the founder of a charitable organization called 365 Give. And we simply empower and inspire people at a global scale to give back to the world. And what I truly believe about giving is it is love in action. And it's why I stand with all these beautiful people because when we begin to understand that we can pull out in our own selves the love that we deserve, the love that is truly inside of us, the love that we are, and we take that from our heart, we put it into our hands, we can spread it around this world and I believe we could change everything. So thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to showering everyone here with love today and um, can't wait to get the conversation going. And it is my honor and privilege um, to pass the mic to my beautiful friend, Dr. Norman. It is yours, my friend. Thank you, it's wonderful. and. Uh... It's, it's a great feeling to be considered your friend. Thank you, Jacqueline. Um, I'm Norman Freed. I'm a clinical psychologist. I work in the areas of trauma and bereavement and um, critical illness. And I, uh, I teach a course on pastoral counseling to a university in New York City for rabbis, imams, and priests to learn how to connect more appropriately and um, carefully with their congregants who are in need. I write books and give lectures and um, at times offer commentary on, uh, on news shows on TV. It's a, it's a privilege to be here and to uh, learn from all of you and to learn how to extemporaneously offer support when most needed. So thank you. I'm happy to be here today. Well, thank you all very much for being here. And a little bit about myself is that I'm a hostage negotiator and international peacekeeper. I also worked in the Special Victims Unit. And throughout my career, I, I was a good listener and I could connect with people. And much as Michelle said, it, it was so just realizing that I had an ability to reach and understand and listen with an open heart uh, that made a big, big difference. And I noticed that we throughout my career, especially in the Special Victims Unit, we experience adversities, setbacks, all kinds of terrible things that happen to us. And we also have a choice on how to respond to those terrible things that happen to us. And I noticed that victims of crime would differ very much in how they responded. Some would allow the circumstances to define how they were going to respond to, the, to their world, how they were going to uh, lock themselves up or, or just allow that particular devastation to control their life and they, they would withdraw, whereas others would not. They, they chose to look at it differently and say that that circumstance did not define them. 
that it wasn't their fault. They realized that they didn't bring that upon themselves. So it was what they were saying to themselves that really made a big difference. I, I marveled at that. I thought, wow, you know, because I did that too. We all experience things in this world and it's how we respond to those things that makes the big difference is that we can be knocked off our horses. We could be, we could be assaulted. We could be uh, traumatized. We could be the victims of abuse, but how we respond to it will really determine the quality of our lives. So I realized as a hostage negotiator too, when I went to negotiate with a person in crisis or a hostage, it was how I could negotiate them to see something a little bit differently. And I did this when I was in the special victims unit as well. I would talk to the victims of crime who had felt that their lives could not go on. And I brought two t-shirts in that I used to do this. I, I, I got two t-shirts. One said victim, the other said survivor. And what I would say to some of the people that I dealt with, I would say, you have a choice here today. You can pick one of these t-shirts and what you do with that will really define your relationships in the future. Which one do you choose to pick, victim or survivor? And it was amazing how many survivor t-shirts were taken and how I would get phone calls afterwards saying, wow, I am free, I, I'm feeling better, I'm, I'm moving forward. And so we can negotiate our way out of self-sabotage. And sometimes that takes help. Sometimes we need a therapist or we need to speak to somebody, but we can do it. And so that's why I created this, this room along with King to say, hey, can we negotiate our ways out, out of self-sabotage? Sure we can. And let's help other people do the same. So the definition of sabotage really is to deliberately destroy, damage, or obstruct something. And the, the key word there is to deliberately when we hear of acts of sabotage, hey, somebody burnt this down or somebody blew this up, that was a deliberate act of self-sabotage. When it comes to self-sabotage, I do believe it's deliberate as well because we have a choice to say yes or no. So by taking no action at all, we're taking action. We're actually allowing the self-sabotage, the deliberate act of self-sabotage to continue. And self-sabotage refers to behaviors or thought patterns that hold us back and pre prevent us from living the life that we deserve to live. And we must take control of our lives because nobody's going to do it for us. And some examples of self-sabotage include blaming others when things don't, don't go right. We, we just turn the finger, we point the finger at somebody and says, well, you know what, that didn't work out for me because of him or her or whoever. And when we do that, that's a deliberate act of self-sabotage because we're not taking responsibility for our own lives. We're not realizing that people cannot control our emotions. They cannot hurt us. They cannot insult us. They cannot do anything to make us feel a particular way unless we allow them to. So when we blame others for things that aren't going right, we're deliberately allowing that to happen. And we're not taking responsibility to say, hey, I gotta pull up my shoes, I gotta really work hard. Not being accountable to yourself is so important too. When you make promises to yourself and you don't follow through, I wanna lose weight, I wanna do this, oh, it's too hard. And then that little self-sabotaging voice comes in and says, you can't do that, you've never been able to do that before, so why even try? So those are things that happen to us when we feel overwhelmed, when we pick fights with friends or families, uh, friends or, or partners, just because we want to be seen and heard. Maybe there's communication has broken down or our partner is not seeing us, so we pick a fight. 
is like, hey, I need you to see me. But that's not the right way. Communication, sitting down and saying, hey, you're not seeing me. You're not hearing me. That's the way to do it. But when you pick fights for no reason just to be seen, that's an act of self-sabotage. Dating people who aren't good for you. Going back to the same toxic relationships because you may not value yourself. You may not say, hey, I am a, a fantastic individual and I have something really great to give and I'm going to date people who are going to love and support me as opposed to going back to the same losers that you've gone to, those same toxic people. So that's an act of self-sabotage. Trouble stating our needs and desires with our family, friends, or at work or in romantic relationships. Imagine meeting somebody and getting to know that person and you have certain wants and needs and desires that, that you would love to have and you're afraid of, of bringing it up and, and just talking about it because you're afraid of that rejection. And yet you, you get into a relationship without, without experiencing or exploring this. Does this person like this? That's an act of self-sabotage. We've had so many people come in who have taken careers on because their parents expected them to or told them to, and they were unhappy. And, we, I, and I personally have heard of many incidents of suicide because of that very thing. People did not follow their dreams. They did what other people expected them to do, so they did not live a full and rich life. They felt chained to a job that they didn't want. That is an act of self-sabotage without experiencing and just saying, hey mom, hey dad, that's not for me. I wanna dance in, in the sunshine, I wanna dance in the rain. This is the job that I want. We need to be able to open up and express our feelings. Another act of self-sabotage is just listening and not challenging those thoughts in our heads that tell us I can't do anything right why does this always happen to me? You Nobody else is experiencing this. I'm the only one. My life sucks. I won't be able to make it, so why don't... Why, do, why should I even try? Because I won't make it anyways. Nobody loves me. I'm alone in this world. Nobody loves me. And I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy of getting that job. I'm not worthy of that relationship. I'm not worthy of success. Those are acts of self-sabotage. And that is my spiel for the morning. Thank you very much for listening. I am going to welcome James to the stage. James, thank you for showing up, and uh, please, uh, over to you, sir. Oh, good afternoon, everyone. Good morning, everyone. Um, yes, uh, I had some really good news yesterday, but you just, some days you just don't focus on the good news, and you, when you're a bit tired because of my night shifts and a bit of, Lack of sleep, I said, well, definitely lack of sleep. I'm running on, uh, I'm fueled up, but I've obviously got a bit of sleep hormonal problems at the moment, um, which I'll recharge in the next day or so once I come off the shifts. But but straight away, the, the postman bring, brought me some tickets I'd ordered. At, at the beginning of the year, I'd seen this concert, and I thought, I'm going to treat myself to this concert, and I... I'm not just going to treat me. Uh, the new girlfriend will come to this concert with me, and blah de blah de blah. And anyway, I'm still single, and and I've got two tickets. Uh, but yesterday, I received the good news from work that the job I was after, I've got the promotion for it. 
but my mind kept my mind as it does plays them tricks on you and it's kept saying but what about the concert but what about the concert um anyway i've slept i've had a bit of sleep this morning since and i've said right the concert i have three opportunities here sell the tickets on not for a profit just move them on maybe take a loss but someone else can benefit from them so that's one possible that's one option that my sister's doing the internet work on at the moment um i had offered them to my sister but she's going to a 50th party so a wonderful nurse and a wonderful police officer didn't get a free gift um, which has saved me 82 pounds at the moment um or number three my good friend uh neil who supported me all last year when i was really at times deep down in the dumps a uh, wonderful man um really really good mate i've spoken to him this afternoon and he's uh i didn't realize but he's into pet shop boys and all that kind of music um and m people is electro pop very similar um but again neil's a liverpool fan so he might not be interested in manchester people um uh, but but it's very so i have three options now um so i've put that negativity to bed and i just think see what next sleep deprived deprived negativity that the monkey can come up with and i'll uh i'll renegotiate with him again um but as i say uh it, it is funny like you say oh you can self-sabotage and that that was just me on a friday after a, a a new job i started last year um i'd set my goal to to move up the ladder within the workforce in the factory and i've not done 12 months yet there and i'm already on the next rung and i'm really pleased because i when this new position was advertised last month i uh, i really threw myself fully into it and uh, and the last few days the bosses have been saying to me and i'm not i, I should have listened more to them i suppose but they're saying to me slow down you, you your enthusiasm is amazing slow down a little bit but but that was just because i wanted it so badly and uh and like I say, last night I I actually plucked up the courage to ask my boss, um, when when will I get the interview for the role? As it's like apprentice based at the moment, it's on the job training. He said, "No, you and uh, the other fella on your shift, you have got the job." So he said, "And uh, to be honest, Jim, you'd got it almost from day one. The way you talked about it and the way you you pushed so with such drive to get it so." As I say, I, I, I've done, I'm really pleased with myself at the moment, but just little, little tiny things can just trip you up. And it's uh, so bizarre how the mind operates, isn't it, Just? Yeah, but, you know, but anyway, you know it, what? I, yeah. I, I love it. You're absolutely right. It, it is so important uh, not to sabotage ourselves when good things happen. Do you have a question there? Because I, there's so much that you've talked about that I want to address, and I'm sure that my other moderators, some of them will want to address. But do you have a question, or is it just a share? Because I, I'm loving what you're saying. I love your enthusiasm. It, it, it's really a share. I mean, uh, 
I do um I do have a CPAP machine. I, I do have a sleep condition, so I, I know forensically I have to work on my sleep hygiene. But when you work a twelve-hour, uh, two-day, two-night, four-shift, uh, brutal shift system, it's hard work. I had it right before in December. I'd really got a good system in place, but after Christmas. I've sort of lost the plot a little bit with the sleep hygiene and a few other areas. So I need to, I, I know that's really what's causing my body to knock on. It is the sleep hormone. It, it's the blooming, it's that negativity uh, that, that I think that is the key to, to uh, well, for me getting just a few more things but plus a little bit more tidying up when i'm not working but on a 12-hour shift uh, that's not that's not always easy to do is it no no and a, <laughs> and a personal cleaner on my wage is not not what's his name but then again if uh, if some lady wants to come along and uh, you know i got an interesting shape. story for you there james um I, when i did my ted talk in 2015 one of the guys who shared the stage had a similar story he was engaged to this woman, uh, let's call her Jane Elizabeth Smith. You know, let's just use that. And yeah. uh, he had bought uh, tickets um, around the world. Like it, it, he was going to go from one place to another to another. And before their trip, she broke up with him. And so he, he wrote this, this heartbreaking letter on Reddit, uh, the, the app Reddit. And uh, he said, if anybody like Jane Elizabeth Smith, if there's a Jane Elizabeth Smith that wants to go on a world tour, I have tickets. He went to bed that night, and the next morning when he woke up, there were thousands of uh, responses. And he did actually find a, a woman by the same name who shared those tickets, and they became this internet phenomenon. Uh, I can't even say the word, but anyways, they, and he went on to, to give talks and he did the Ted talk on that. And, and it was a really going back to never give up, you know, there's somebody out there for oh, you. There, there is, there absolutely is. So right, Paul, the blooming, uh, blooming, that's a bit, uh, um, the, there is, that person is out there for every other person. Uh, it's, that's fact that it's not science. That's a, that's a higher placed fact that, there is someone out there just it's a bit annoying for me because i'm searching rather hard and uh, maybe uh, maybe my glasses are i don't wear glasses but i i think they're fogged up at the moment just a little bit so i have a few other projects that really i should work upon um, because as i say I'd, I'd worked on the work thing so hard that uh, that that uh, that just totally blew me away yesterday. It was just like click the fingers, click the switch, bang, boom, and and I think therein is get your flat. How it was a few weeks ago, really nice. Get a few more bits moved along, and uh, things have this habit in the world of falling into place when the time is right. Um, it's just a. I think it's a Jim Lawrence man thing is uh, wanting something a bit sooner than maybe it's going to be delivered. So, all right, you patience, know, Jim, patience. Jim, we're just going to move on Queen. a little bit, but I just want, yeah, I yeah. Just want to oh. say this to you, Jim. Uh, congratulations, Thank everyone, on, on the promotion and on bringing that enthusiasm to your job. 
And it is so important, uh, right from the very beginning, your managers recognize the hard work that you put in, and you wanted it so badly, you didn't let that stop you, and they recognize that that beautiful spirit in you. So congratulations, come on with it, as uh, would be said in this room, come on with it. And uh, you know, you talked about, sometimes you don't focus on the good news in our lives, which is so true. We tend to think and focus on the negativity of our lives. but. I'm not going to speak. Um, I'm going to let one of my moderators, I see that Michelle yeah. has been unmuting, so I'm going to turn it over to her. I just wanted to say something, because you know what I did, James, is when you were speaking, I, and I do this a lot of times, people, if you have like a Twitter account or Instagram account, I go and I look, and I happen to look and see what it was you were, you know, you, so you had a couple of table shots where you were, you know, had some great dinner looking or lunch ha hanging out there. And I could see Pete Cohen's book uh, in the corner there. And There's a clue to, there is a clue to success, yes. Yes. And I thought, oh, wow, this is wonderful because um, we have Pete on our stage. And um, I just love that so many of your photos have, you know, traces of your choosing to think positively. You had Norman Vincent Peale's book in there, The Power of Positive Thinking. And, you know, I mean, it's like that willingness. When we when we have the willingness, when we get where we aren't, what, when we get we aren't experiencing what we want to experience or we get we're experiencing it and we want to know how to have more or experience it more deeply, that we as human beings have that ability and we have these great big old brains of ours that we can seek it out. And I just wanted to commend you for doing that because I see that you're doing it. I see you're doing it with Pete's book. I see you're doing it with that book. I see you're doing it by coming here into this room and sharing. And I just wanted to add that, you know, I work with a lot of people in organizations and what, what happened with you is so similar for anybody who's new in a position. Uh, and there's something um, that managers learn or leaders learn. It's called situational leadership. And one of the things you learn when you, um, you educate yourself on it is that when someone's in a new role, they're very enthusiastic. And sometimes because they're so enthusiastic, they can't, it's almost like they have a little blind spot. They can't see that they might trip if they're not careful. And so that's typically why the managers will say, slow down. It isn't that you aren't good enough or that you, you know, can't do it. It's just that they can see more than you can see yet because being in a new position, there are just a lot of, let's call them hidden wires, and we've got to learn yeah. how to how to find those. So I just wanted to share that with you just so that you, you know, feel good. Gonna, thank you. I'm going to jump in there just quickly. So first off, I just want to say thank you to Paul and King for starting this room. Uh, I really appreciate it because um, Clubhouse is a, a very fascinating place, and human beings make sense of the world in many different ways, but one of the ways we make sense of the world is by speaking about what we see, what we hear, what we feel, very cathartic. And to, to take a moment for people like James and the impact that this app has had uh, on someone like him, you, you couldn't put it into words. Um, I knew James many years ago. I'm known as the people's coach. I, I'm, the thing I'm interested in is helping people wherever they are start feeling positive about who they are and where they're going and, and that's always a challenging journey to go on because sometimes you have to face the reality of where you are and i knew james many years ago and he came a phenomenally long way but like many people in life had experienced trauma 
that maybe he'd never been able to really address. And it all transpired towards one event where he did something that he obviously massively regretted that took him to be incarcerated for a period of time. But seeing this man uh, come out and seeing the person that he has become is truly one of the reasons I get up every single day to see people like James uh, make progress and reinvent themselves. And I'm just going to land on this. I, this week, uh, spoke to Dr. Norman. Dr. Norman gave me some of his time. Also, Paul Herkin, who's in the audience. Because you know what? Sometimes we all need help. And who do we go to? <laughs> Maybe, Paul, we could do another conversation about who do we go and speak to when we've got something difficult and challenging going on in our lives. But Dr. Norman beautifully gave me his time and, and really uh, helped me, as did my friend uh, Paul Herkham. And that's a wonderful thing when people go out of their way to create a space for people to be heard and for people to be helped so we can get ourselves out of the, the self-sabotage. I loved what you said, uh, by the way, Paul. I just made a ton of notes when you were talking before about self-sabotage. So thank you so much. I land my plane uh, and back to you, Paul. Well, thank you. I'm going to turn it right over to Jacqueline, but thank you, Pete, uh, for what you said too. And it is nice to celebrate when somebody does step forward and, and you know, they, they just they get better, you know, because they're listening and they're, they're making an effort and it's just amazing. Uh, Jacqueline, over to you. Yeah, I just wanted no, to No, no, Jacqueline, not, not you. Uh, sorry. There's two Jacqueline. Oh. Um, I met the moderator, <laughs> Jacqueline. Uh, what I'm going to do for you, Jacqueline, is I'm going to go in PTR order. So after uh, James, we're going to Tay-Z and then to Jess. And if I PTR correctly, you'll be next. Oh, no, you'll be after Jess. So I'm going to go over to the moderator, Jacqueline, to, uh, to add. Good morning, good morning. And Jacqueline, don't worry, we'll just get each other mixed up. It's not a problem. It's unusual to have two Jacquelines on stage. So it's an honor today. And I just wanted to add into this and James, thank you for, for sharing your story today. And one of the things that I heard about your sleeping is, you know, you had this before Christmas. And I'm going back to this for you. You know, one of the things I love about Pete and Pete and I come from cut from the same cloth that we call 365. And just remember, James, and for everybody here, is that, you know, when we're talking about self-sabotage, taking care of ourselves, making sure that we're filled up enough, this is a daily practice. This is something that we always have to go back to every day. Taking care of ourselves, whether it's for our sleep, it's for our happiness, it's for feeling like we are enough, which is such a big part of our self-sabotage. We have to work on ourselves every day, even if there's small practices, practices that we set up in the morning, practices that we have throughout the day, but we can have practices um, every single day that keep us on track. So James, just remember to go back to those practices because it will also help your sleep and to get you back on track with that. When your sleep is on track, you're going to be all set. So thanks, everybody. And James, thanks for coming up today. Yeah, that was powerful. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, James. That was powerful. All the best to you. And thank you very much for sharing. Um, we're just going to tuck you back into the audience uh, just to uh, clear the stage. But um, thank you so much, uh, very much. Uh, we're going to go, uh, Pete, uh, thank you for joining us. And uh, please give us an introduction. Thank you. I mean, look, I've, thank you. I mean, you can read my bio to see my introduction. I'm just happy to be in this room and to, to support everyone in the room and listen. But, you know, my whole thing is around helping people identify 
with a future that they want to go out and create, helping people identify with who they could actually be in this world. Because I think that's the greatest thing. It's who we will become. But in becoming, you know, there are some challenges that we all have to face along the way, which is our relationship with ourselves, our narrative, our habits, our trauma. And that's, that's work. And I don't know too many people that do that work on their own. They do it working with experts in the field, of which there are so many in this room. Um, and I'm just happy to be here. This is one of the greatest places for me to be on Clubhouse. There's many rooms we can go in, but this is a room where I feel at home. Um, <laughs> so I'm just happy to be here. And I'm, I'm often the one I think that maybe learns, makes the most notes, you know? So thank you, Paul. Uh, back to you. Well, thank you, Pete. And it's always uh, wonderful to have you here. Uh, you you have such experience, and, and I just love you, brother. Um, speaking of loving brothers here, uh, Glenn has moved over to the audience, and I don't know why. <laughs> Come on back up, Glenn. want to give you uh, an opportunity to introduce yourself, and we need your valuable guidance and information, so come back up onto the stage. Uh, we're going to reset the room. Um, I'll give it over to King to reset the room, and uh, are you available to do that, King? If not, we'll go to Michelle. Yep. No, I'm good. Uh, thanks so much, Paul. Uh, and once again, thank you to everyone who has joined us today in the Negotiate Your Way Out of Self Sabotage Room. And of course, this room runs every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. And of course, we've been running this room since January of 2020. So it's been quite an amazing ride. And we've definitely appreciated everyone who has come and made the room such a success and has, has shared with us. And this room is... Um, hosted, sorry, by the Take Control of Your Life Club, which uh, takes its name from Paul's best-selling book, Take Control of Your Life. And if you aren't already a member of the club, make sure you tap the greenhouse above my head and become a member. That way you won't miss uh, this room and other rooms that are run uh, via the club. And of course, um, if you know there are any people that you you hear, or whether it be our moderators or just people in, you know that are sharing that resonate with you, make sure you give them a follow as well. Because obviously, your time here on Clubhouse, the algorithms you know take into consideration the people you follow, the rooms you go into, and how you spend your time here to maximize your experience. So your experience will be made so much better. You know, if once again, if you're connecting with rooms and people that uh, share your vibe and who share your interests, so definitely make sure you do that. And also, I always recommend that you do also follow people off platform as well. So on their Instagram and Twitter, not and not only does it give you a chance to get to know them better, it also gives you a chance to connect with them in different ways. And also, just in case for whatever reason, Clubhouse isn't around, you know, in a few months' time or next year, you don't lose contact with these amazing people that you've met. So definitely make sure that uh, you follow everyone on Clubhouse and also off-platform. And of course, if anyone does have any questions or comments that you'd like to share uh, with our, you know, with our mods, you know, the, of course, the first way is to raise up your hand and come up on stage. And I definitely do recommend that if you are thinking of coming up, if you're on the fence about it, just raise your hand and come on up, you know, as soon as you can, because we do try to keep the room at about two hours long. So we will be shutting off the hand raising very shortly. So just make sure you raise up your hand. But of course, if you, you know, aren't able to come up on stage and join us, uh, there is the room chat feature now. So you can throw in any comments and uh, questions in there as well. And we'll do our best to uh, sort of address them as well as we get a chance to do that. And uh, definitely, if you know of anyone who would benefit from what we're sharing in this room, if you know of anyone who, you know, might have questions they may want to come and uh, ask our amazing moderators as well, make sure you ping them into the room so that they can do that. And of course, the replays are on 
around as well. So anyone who does miss uh, something that you know you think someone else should hear, or whether or not there's something that you heard that you just didn't have a chance to take notes on, you can always come back and uh, listen to the great uh, insight and guidance that uh, is being shared here every single week. And uh, with that, um, the only final thing I would uh, recommend is also for anyone that's new to Clubhouse, just keep in mind that when you do come up on stage that your microphone is live, so just uh, keep yourself muted uh, until it is your turn to speak. And of course, on stage, we are taking uh, the speakers in PTR order, but our moderators are popcorn style, so they can jump in whenever they have something to add. And with that, I'm going to hand things back over to Paul to uh, move on to our next speaker. Yeah, thanks very much, King. A great reset. I see that Daniel is on the phone, so uh, just going to call Daniel's name once, twice. No, he is on the phone, so we're going to go over to Tay-Z. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, Tay-Z. Welcome to the stage. So nice to see you, girl. It's, it's a good morning. I'm in Los Angeles. Um, thank you for having me. What a great week. It's been, it's been just such a relief to to have, okay, here we go. It's been such a relief to, to reach the ridge line of what I was working on through the grief and, and, and with my sister. And I'm, I've gotten to a, a trail that's now on a, a nice low grade surface and just still climbing up towards the mountaintop because I will get there with my decluttering and my, um, revving up my engine and starting my new life. I'm retired and this second part of my life I'm starting up. And this week my washing machine stopped working and I, I became all fluttery because it's such a large appliance and I didn't really know what to do and it was full of water and I knew I could handle it but it was disconcerting and I and I wanted to get it done as quickly as possible so that it would be done. I wouldn't have to think about it anymore. And I decided, okay, I'm going to go for it. I, I went and looked at new washing machines. And I decided, you know, I'm just going on Craigslist. I'll buy a washer dryer that's similar to the one I have, but 20 years newer. This is what I'm going to do. I bought the last washer dryer off Craigslist. So I, I jumped on this deal because it was the same make and it appeared to be the same type of simplicity that I had had before because I don't like all the electronics and clutter and busyness because that's what tends to break. I just wanted a simple washing machine that would last another 25 years. <laughs> that's all. Anyway, <laughs> that's so I... <laughs> So I, I, I did something that's new to me. I called friends in because I, I contacted the, I waited one night. I contacted the guy on Craigslist and I said, come on up. He said he could come at 8 p.m. at night. Great. I called in a friend because I didn't want to be here alone and have him come and I don't know him. And then I decided, well, I'll go ahead and call my plumber too to make sure it gets connected up right away. And, and he's, the guy said he would connect the washing machine, but there's a gas line and I just wanted it done right. And my plumber's my friend. So I called two friends, but I got three because my friend um, brought his wife with him and yay. And, and so we had three of us because I feel like a team, many hands makes light the work. 
and the guy contacted me on the way up and said he was arriving 10 minutes early. I contacted everybody. They were all here on time. So that's that communication piece. That's me allowing myself to ask for help, which is a huge hurdle in my life. But I did it and everybody showed up right before the guy got here. So the washing machine got in place, it got connected. We said, bye, thanks. He went back to Torrance where he lives. And I said, bye and thank you to all my friends. And they went home. And the next day I decided to try the washing machine out. Well, it has something called, this is the whole point of why I'm telling you the story. It has something called the sensing sensing uh, aspect to the washing machine. And I pushed the start button, but it wouldn't start, even though I held it down for three seconds. So I decided, okay, I didn't notice that it had this electronic thingamajig here. So then I unplugged it because that's what you do with computers. You, you turn them off and you turn them back on. So I figured I'll do that with my washing machine. I unplugged it and I plugged it back in and the same thing happened. So I decided well, I'll just leave it and I'll come back later. And I came back in half an hour and I pushed the start button slowly again and it started. Okay, I don't like this start button. The start button is like a little rubbery cover over a button. Whereas my old washing machine, I got to press this big dial in. It was more of a mechanical action. But I'm going to take it as a metaphor. And the metaphor is twofold. One, my life is starting to free up and things are starting to be mm, more focused on me and my future instead of me in my past and it's this transition point I'm feeling and something's really strange is happening whereas you know I've lived here for 20 years nobody ever said hello they always just walked by but suddenly everyone's stopping and saying hello and a neighbor walked up and said hey listen I see you have pomegranate flowers on your tree I'll trade you when the pomegranates come in if I could have a few I'll mow your lawn it's a, and birds are getting closer and squirrels and it's just like Dogs are walking up to me with their tails wagging and the neighborhood cats are coming over and meowing to get petted. It's just bizarre, but lovely, really lovely. So my cautionary note to myself and to everybody else, if, you, if you're buying a used washer, watch out for that sensing. It's five rows of, it's a light that goes running across the control panel at the bottom. So I looked up on YouTube. There's a lot of problems with those. So that's just a mechanical warning. But as to my life, it's opening up. And thank you, all of you guys. It's opening up. So I want to be careful with my start button. I want to just stay in patient with my careful steps, ready to climb up because I'm on this wonderful ridge line right now, metaphorically speaking. And I see the peak is, is off in the distance. That's fine. That's fine with me. But I want to take careful steps. You know, I don't want to slip down and fall down a ravine or something. So I'm going to take careful steps and just not too careful, but careful steps in my new building of my future. And thank you so much for being there every week. Oh my gosh. Anyway, that's it for this weekend. Thanks. Oh, Tazy, thank you so much for coming up. I loved your story. I really did. And I'd love to hear 
you know what I really impressed me was that this happened to you and you responded as opposed to reacting. You didn't, you know, let your whole life fall apart. Oh no, all this. You said, okay, this has happened and I'm going to have to look for a new one. And you didn't allow that circumstance to control your entire feelings. You know, like so I, I, I love that. And you went, you did your research, and that's just beautiful. Does anyone else uh, from my moderator team want to say anything about this? Because I just love the story. And the, and the symbolism of, you know, pushing that, that start button. Second half of your life, whatever you want to call it, once you retire, there, it, it does not have to be the end of a chapter. You can start. You can push a start button for a new chapter in your life. And I love that because it's so important. And if something doesn't work right, you do some research on it as you did when you went to YouTube and you said, okay, what is the problem with this and how do I fix that? I'm always going to YouTube and saying, okay, I don't know how to do this. How am I going to do it? And so I go to YouTube and I do exactly what you did. But when we apply that to our lives is that, hey, what is not working here in my life and how do I, how do I repair it? How do I fix it? And that could be reaching out to a friend, which was spoken to about earlier. Pete was talking about who do we go to? Who do we choose to speak about the things that aren't working well in our lives? And it's so important to make that connection as human beings that we're not alone. So there's so much in your story, Tay and I absolutely love you. And, and thank you so much for coming up and sharing week after week. We just love you. Um, anyone else in my moderators want to add something to Tay Jacqueline. Paul, I can't not. Tay I just want to say how proud I am of you, my friend. You know, <laughs> We've spent a lot of Saturdays together and I just wanted to say you, you know, you've applied, you've taken what we've all talked about here and not just given you as advice, but you've actually applied the lessons that you're learning in your life. You've stood back, you've taken a look, where can I shift? Where can I change? Where can I grow? And you've done it all. And it's what it, we were just talking about it. You do this every day. And I just want to say how damn proud I am of you, my friend. Like, absolutely amazing. And I'm glad you're fe feeling free. And that was the word I heard, is you felt free. And I think when we find that inner peace, that's what we get. We get freedom. And so I just wanted to say I love you and thank you. And thank you for sharing the beautiful, good stories. Thanks. We need more Tazy in our lives. Oh, t over to you, Tazy. Oh, no, <laughs> I was just saying thank you. Yeah, we need more of your stories and everything. I see that uh, Daniel has uh, joined us. I'm going to go to you in just a moment, Daniel. But uh, Tazy, it, it's so refreshing uh, to hear your progress week after week and the way that you're handling things. And it's just a, a, you're a testimony. Really, you, you are such a beautiful being. And it's just lovely to have you share these successes in your life. And I just love your spirit. So thank you very much for joining us. It uh, really is a pleasure to have you here every week. Every week you come up, I say, yes, Taisy's here. So, and that is true of everyone who comes up and shares. And each and every one of you can come up and share your stories, your successes. It's just a beautiful thing because we're all in this together. And we, we are challenged. Everyone here receives certain challenges that life has, and it's how we respond to those things. We don't, we don't, allow those things to control us. We take control of them. We don't react. We respond. And there are keys in doing that. We heard Taisy talk about that today. So Taisy, thanks again for coming up. Just going to tuck you right back into the audience. Thanks.
You're welcome, but thank you, and I hope to see you, and have a great week on purpose, as we say, because that's the whole thing. We have to, we have to challenge life, you know, like we have to take life as it, as it comes, and we have to live it on purpose, and so uh, thank you for that. Daniel, I'm going to turn the microphone over to you. Welcome, Daniel. Thank you, Paul, and thank you, everyone, for, you know, bring, allowing me up on the stage, you know. I, I seem to follow where Michelle goes, uh, <laughs> and um, it's great to these rooms, you know, because um, I see sabotage in myself daily, you know, because I, when I tend to procrastinate and say, mm, let me do that tomorrow, uh, maybe I'm able to do that. But then I find that deep inside me there's this inner focus, a willingness to win, and I don't allow myself to get obstructed. I really believe in, in the in the mission. And sometimes I notice it myself. We dark ourselves to find that power now these type of rooms with you Paul and everybody are really very appreciated thank you so much for giving me the minutes I need I generally brief and I do have a minute um, a meeting in two minutes that's why but I uh, wish everyone thank you so much for the, the beauty that is this room Daniel thank you so much for sharing that and uh, I, I, I feel your energy and just love it. So thank you very much for having joined us. I really appreciate that. All right. So, um, you know, and I, I love it when people come on the stage and just talk about what this room does, because we have some great moderators here who just have some beautiful hearts and share from their, their heart and soul. And so it's beautiful. Daniel, thank you so much. Eleni, you have joined us, and I'm going to turn the microphone over to you for a an introduction, please. I'm actually driving, darling. Absolutely, dear. We'll come back to you. We'll come back to you in a bit, then, Eleni. All right. So, on that note, um, I'm going to go over to Jess. Welcome, Jess. Hi, Paul. How are you today? You know what? I'm doing amazing. I got some rest last night, and I'm just doing fantastic on purpose. So <laughs> thank you for asking. Well, uh, you, you know, we had a really amazing conversation last week, and um, it just really set my my mind in motion um, in thinking of a lot of things and, and going even more introspective. And um, I thought about what Dr. Norman said to me. Um, about just that I'm not going to do, you know, we, we talked about my wife and me, me fearing that my growing would somehow hurt her or leave her behind somehow. But, you know, Dr. Norman hit the nail on the head when he said, you know, I'm, I'm afraid of that because people have done that to me, but I'm not them. And, uh, you know, that really just kind of in taking that and internalizing that gave me a huge amount of freedom. Um, you know, I, I, I went and the, the shirt that I'm wearing in my picture, I went and bought that the next day. Cause I'm like, I'm going to be, I'm going to open my book and write what I want my book to say, my book of my life, my, you know, who I am. And, uh, it's going to say what I want it to say. It's going to be genuine. It's going to be who I really am. And I just, I just wanted to give you all an update that I, I kind of just took that and run, ran with it because I realized there's an amount of freedom and realizing, I, you know, you really don't have to be, you don't have to be the people that hurt you. You, you just don't. You, you, can, you can lay that down and leave it 
at the roadside and let it be a part of your journey and be and and be grateful that you have a future that you get to write for yourself and um so i'm just i'm just very thankful i've i've been kind of practicing my my gratitude uh this whole last week um since since i've just been thinking uh i'm i'm seeking out friends to play music with because for a long time i was self-conscious about all forms of my self-expression and now it's like i'm i'm literally showing strangers my music and asking if they'd like to play with me if they'd like to create with me i'm um the other day that uh some people went to an indoor pool and i went and for the first time in a long time i took my shirt off in front of a bunch of people and i i felt okay about it and um that's that's kind of the journey I'm on right now is is just embracing my vulnerability, but not realizing that my vulnerability doesn't have to be uncomfortable. Um, it can be freeing instead of uncomfortable. It can be it can be a place of setting the example for others so that they can be comfortable. And um, so that's that's where I'm at. That's my update. Um, I really had a breakthrough with my wife the other day because we were talking about my weight loss and, and my transformation. And, and, and she was talking, we were talking about, you know, you don't have to really worry about what people think. And like what Sean said to me, um, the other day, uh, Sean, the, uh, I think his name's Sean. He's an Irish guy. He's really, really nice. And, um, he told me, you know, sometimes there's just going to be people that, that know how you used to be or, or had their, dealings with you or biz or like business dealings or just encounters with you that you really can't worry about that. You have to worry about who, what's in front of you and you can't, you can't dwell on that. And, and you know what, what's lost is lost, but what, what there is to be gained, go after it. Like that's, that's basically, basically the gist of what he said. And so that I found some freedom in that, that was in another room, um, that, uh, Dr. Norman was in. And um, I just, I'm very, very thankful. I'm thankful to be playing music. I'm thankful to not be uh, a perfectionist about it, uh, be a perfectionist about writing affirmations for myself or anything like that. I, I do I do what comes out of the fountain of the gratefulness I have, and I'm thankful for it. So that's that's where I'm coming from right now and I'm just so thankful that you guys could be with me um, and and pour into me and be receptive of me pouring right back into you last Saturday I was having a rough day and um, I'm just so grateful that you guys are here for me so thank you oh wow uh, Jess thank you for that update and I absolutely love your t-shirt I do and I love the spirit and the attitude Dr. Norman are you available to uh, to I am. Thank you, Paul. Jess, so good to see you again today. And uh, I wanted to tell you that when you uh, pour, when you feel as if you're being poured into by us, I, I do want you to know you actually really did pour into me because uh, you had written in the back channel later that day how helpful I was. And, and that's very, very um, healing for me to hear. So I want you to know that you don't just receive, you also offer and give. So thank you. The other thing I want to tell you is um, your shirt is beautiful. And there's the first line which says abundance. 
and you're really beginning to live that belief. So I want you to understand that abundance is yours. Abundance is all of ours. And if you understand the, the, the law of manifestation, your abundance already exists in the universe. Your job is to just find the channel to connect to it. Your success is there. The love is there. What you crave is coming towards you as long as you can find the channel. So remember when you wear your t-shirt, the abundance you speak of is already yours. We just have to find the networks to connect. And I'm so glad that you're on your way because this one life we get, it could be really beautiful. And yours is becoming that way. God bless. Love this. Yeah. And it, you know, I think we should all have t-shirts like Jess as a reminder. We, I told uh, the, the story of how I had two t-shirts, uh, victim and survivor. And sometimes those t-shirts, the messages that they carry are, are profound. They are a reminder. It's like having something on your mirror. You're just a, a sticky note reminding you of something positive. And just going back and just reading it and every word, every positive word has a significance to you and, and can make a big difference. And sometimes wearing a t-shirt just reminds you, hey, and reminds the world, you can, you know, as Jess has in his picture, you can have abundance, you can have gratitude, you can have patience, peace, love, and joy. Um, all these things are available to you and all you need to do is receive them. That's beautiful. Jess, thank you so much for coming back up and for sharing that. And Dr. Norman, as always, thank you for your love. And, and uh, I was in your room. Uh, I just want to let everybody know that I was in Dr. Norman's room just this week listening to him. And it was just a beautiful, beautiful uh, experience. So thank you so much for that, Dr. Norman. And Jess, thank you. I hope that you come back next week and you join us again. What do you think of that? I think that sounds good. And, and I want to say I love you to all the people in, in the audience who are part of my walk too. Angel. There, there's a bunch of you. And uh, I just, I just want to tell everyone, we are so lucky that we live in a time where we can find our people and we can connect on the level we do. Because when I walk around um, after having some of these conversations, like you said, about tapping into that energy, tapping tapping into that wavelength, I feel like uh, it's a well of love and positivity that replicates upon itself. And I don't have to even work that hard to be positive or to be grateful or to have abundance. All I have to do is be open to receive it. And uh, I am thankful. I am more than thankful for so many of you. So thank you. Well, thank you very much, Jess. Really appreciate you being here. So thank you. Um, before we go on, I'm going to ask, uh, Michelle, uh, if you are able to reset the room. Absolutely, Paul. So thank you everyone who's in the lounge area. We're really excited to have you here. Uh, and obviously to the mods and the speakers who've come up on stage. Thank you for really bringing vulnerability and openness and, um, challenges up onto this stage for us to all discuss because I think all of us here learn from it. I know I definitely do. And what we're looking for is to fill this room. So if you wouldn't mind, because we do think that it makes a difference and we think everybody leaves here with a little more 
fulfillment than where they were before they came in the room. So if you're looking on the square with the little arrow and inviting some people into the room, uh, people who you think would love to be a part of this conversation or just listen in, uh, we, we definitely appreciate people who are listening. It's such an important part of our development as human beings uh, to be seen, to be heard, to be, you know, all of that. And so uh, we're here every Saturday from 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time till 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Sometimes we go a smidgen over, uh, but we're really going to try and keep it tight, as our friend Haroon often says, and finish at 1 today. So definitely raise your hand, get up on stage before we turn the hand raising off. Um, please feel free to share about the room using that same square with a little arrow uh, in the hallway because that's another way that um, you can share your opinion about what's going on in here. The other thing I'd like to mention is that sometimes uh, we come into the room and we want to share something that maybe is still a wound. And there are others of us who, you know, have had similar experiences, but it's turned into a scar already. So we're down with you. You're talking about your wound. But some people might also be in the room feeling a little emotional, a little sensitive, um, a little reticent. And so if you're going to share something you know could really impact someone else's emotions and, you know, maybe cause them into a deeper uh, feeling, just mention, hey, I've got something that may be considered a trigger. I really want to talk about it. I just am giving everyone in the room a chance to know. So those people that want to leave the room can leave by hitting the leave quietly, go get a glass of water, stretch, and come back in like five minutes. And then you can share freely and not worry about it impacting someone else in a way that might, you know, be concernful. And so we just ask that of you. We also ask that you have something written in your bio in order to come up on stage. That way we know you're not a bot. That means like a piece of coding that's just there to harm the room or someone who, as I just said, maybe is more in their wound and hasn't healed it and coming in to just do some damage in a room that's so filled with love and openness and curiosity. So that's how we're looking to bring people up. After we have you up, we're going to tuck you gently back down into the audience. It's not because we're dismissive. It's because it's easier for the moderators to see you and to read your profiles uh, than it is when there's like a ton of faces up here. But you can raise your hand again and come up if something someone else said sparks something for you. So it's definitely not a one and done. You can always just pop back up by raising your hand. So with that, I'm going to pass the mod mic back over to you, Paul. Well, thank you very much, Michelle. I just want to add one more thing, too. If uh, you are resonating with anything that any of the speakers here in the room are saying, you can follow them. And as you have heard, there's some great uh, information being shared here. There's some great love being shared here. And if you want, please do. Uh, raise your hand and come on up and uh, follow people. And so thank you very much for that. All right, uh, Jacqueline has been waiting for a long time. Jacqueline, welcome to the room and uh, over to you. Hi everyone and thank you Michelle for allowing me on stage. I just wanna quickly take um, the conversation back to the title, which is Navigating Your Way around self-sabotage. Now, for me, when um, I read that type of title, um, it's all about how the individual deals with their emotions on a day-to-day -day basis, whether it's um, positive, 
emotions or negative emotions because um, if they're negative emotions it can take over um, how you conduct yourself um, throughout your um, day whether it's in your um, business or your personal life so um, I just wanted people to realize that it's how you feel on a day-to-day -day basis is how you deal with self-sabotage and it's what you tell yourself on a day-to-day um, -day basis as well the language you use um, how you treat yourself is how you're going to treat other people um, because there's been um, many times in my um, lifetime where I've had to um, pull myself out, out of those moments where it's been dark and um, destructive and it's allowing yourself to realise um, at the end of the day it's down to your self-belief and your resilience within yourself to push yourself forwards and raise yourself up every single day so i just wanted to leave that little nugget for people in the audience and for the speakers on stage and um thank you for your time guys oh jacqueline thank you so much for that share it's so true that narrative that we listen to is so important once we become aware, and, and this is a big thing, and Jacqueline, thank you for touching on this. Once we become aware of the narrative that we're actually listening to, and some of us are not aware, we just, we just go with it. You know, this is a negative thought, and it's here, and I'm responding and reacting accordingly. It's making me feel bad. And well, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. Just taking that moment to say, wait, where is this coming from? And why am I listening to this negativity, this, this negative narrative? Why am I listening to that? And Jacqueline, you, you touched on it. Yeah, we, we can challenge that once we become aware that we're actually listening to this, this negativity in our voices, we can, or, or in our heads, sorry, that we can challenge that. So that was a beautiful share. Thank you. Do anyone of what moderators want to add anything more to that? Well, Jacqueline, I really appreciate you coming up and uh, sharing that because it's a, it's a real uh, reminder that we must uh, all uh, be aware of what is being said in our heads and challenging it and turning it into something positive. So thank you very much for that. All right, so we are, um, before I go to Murray, I want to just uh, um, bring this up. There was a question that was asked in the, in the chat section earlier about um, is overeating a form of self-sabotage? And let's give some thought to that, uh, each and every one of you, so give some thought to that. And uh, after Murray, we can discuss that because that was asked in the back channel. And uh, we can take it from there. So, um, Murray, over to you. Welcome. Good to see you. Well, hi, Paul, my friend. You're, I'm laughing right now. Um, <laughs> is overeating a form of sabotage? You mean you mean um, about once a month I get a bag of of my uh, 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 potato chips, the Lay's original potato chips, and I finish the whole bag? Is that what, is that what you're asking me? Oh God, I'm laughing. No, anyway, <laughs> thank you. Thank you for my first laugh this morning, Paul. Anyway, um, <laughs> I'm here. I don't have a question. I just 
I'm here just to say how grateful I am. And I posted on Facebook and I posted already uh, and I forwarded this, uh, the room to Instagram and Facebook. And as a, as an actor and as a human being, I'm grateful for rooms like this, but especially this room and wherever uh, Dr. Norman goes, I go. And I have a dear friend, we've become so close, which is Jacqueline. And she knows that I love her and it's vice versa. And I just really want to acknowledge uh, everyone who takes their time to give to us because we are all from different walks of life. And uh, mine is a sensitive one being, I'm an actor, <laughs> you know what that's like, Paul. <laughs> yeah, but King, thank you, Michelle, Robert for your share in what you do, Candace, and of course, Dr. Norman, and we, and I absolutely, absolutely love Glenn. And I'm hoping that Glenn comes up to spread his pearls of wisdom because every time he does as a human being and as an actor, I walk away with something. So don't cheat us, Glenn. I know you're listening down there. <laughs> Please come up and, 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 enjoy, and let us share your wisdom and that you bestow upon us. Thank you so much, everyone. And happy Saturday. And I just, I'm just, I, I wasn't going to speak, but I'm just grateful. So I'm, I'm just spreading my gratefulness. I, yeah, that's how I'm starting my day with my coffee here. Thank you, everyone. Oh. I'm Mare and I'm uh, gratefully complete for the moment. Thank you. And Paul, thank you for my first laugh potato chip okay. okay yeah i have a bag of potato chips every once in a while too one of those little cheats that i have so Marie, thank you so much for joining us and and uh, for bringing up that that <clears throat> point uh, hey ginger your microphone is hot um so yeah Marie, you touched on on gratitude and the importance of being gratitude and what i love is that you you acknowledged everyone here and uh, and their shares so thank you for that let's remind ourselves that you know our days, we get to choose how we start our days and how the rest of our day is going to go. And a lot of people just leave that up to chance. They just, they don't think about how their day is going to unfold. But what if we took just a few moments at the beginning of our day to be grateful when we wake up the first couple of minutes, just to say, I'm thankful that I woke up number one. I'm thankful that I'm still safe, that I have a roof over my head, that I have food, that I have people who love me. Those choices that we make, those just, just to take a few moments to be grateful and then to choose how our day is going to unfold. Marie, thank you very much. That, that... Paul, thank you. And I just want to interrupt you for a moment. I wish you all could see my, I, I do uh, my gratitude journal every single day. Uh, the 13th of April will be three years that I've been doing it, but I have all of your names that I acknowledged in my gratitude journal today. Okay, thank you. Uh, thank you so much. Gratitude journals, yes, or even just a journal, period. They say, and I believe in this, that when you write in a journal how your life is unfolding, what things are happening to you, just the, the action of writing things down can clarify and help you immensely. I'm a believer in journaling. I've created a couple of journals that are available out there and it teaches people how to journal. But it's so important to write your thoughts down and to just go back. I have a journal that I, I kept during uh, my tour in the Middle East. 
and that was in 2005. I go back to that once in a while to read how I was dealing with the uncertainties of life and how I, I actually made it uh, through that experience. And writing things down really helped me because I didn't know whether I was going to live or die the next day. And then just going back and reading the challenges and how I overcame those challenges was amazing. So, Murray, thank you for that. Jacqueline, did I see you unmute? I'm sorry, Jacqueline. I'm so sorry. I just wanted to just say something about the writing, if yes, I can. Yes, of course. Um, it's interesting. As a professor, um, I have students that sit in front of me with their computers, and I tell them to close their computers and take out a pen and a piece of paper, and I want them to take notes the way I did in 1984. And the reason why is because when you write, you're you're allowing your prefrontal cortex to connect to your hippocampus. In other words, the motor movements of the brain are lighting up with the memory banks. So when you write it, you're committing it to memory. And when you write your memory, it flows more comfortably and fluently onto the page. So Paul, there is a neurological explanation as to why the writing of your feelings can both set into memory as well as jog the memory to release it. And I think it's very important we all understand that. Thank you. Oh, thank you very much, uh, Dr. Norman. That's uh, really important information because you're right. It, it just helps so much. Um, I'm going to go over to Jacqueline and then over to Pete. Jacqueline, over to you. Well, Paul, I would love to do this. And um, many of you know my fun story with Pete Cohen um, here on Clubhouse. But, you know, this summer, uh, I, for about 30 days, was practicing gratitude as just like a, a fill me up, get me on track um, kind of routine for myself. And I came across this beautiful gratitude meditation. It's very short, it's about 15 minutes long. You can walk to it and you can sit quietly with it, whatever it does uh, or wherever you wanna do it. It's not one where you have to you know, be in complete solitude. And the beautiful thing about it, and it's, a, it's an amazing practice, is that after I did this practice for 30 days, um, I was in and out of the hallways of Clubhouse. And I realized after being in spaces with Pete Cohen uh, repeatedly, I realized it was his voice and it was his meditation. I'd love to share it in a link up here. And for those of you that like to do and do a practice of gratitude, because it really changes um, your energetic um, center. It's a really simple, beautiful, everyday practice that you can do. So Paul, if you don't mind, if I can share it for people. Not at all, please do. Great. Yeah. Well, it's such a funny story because obviously I was, I was like overjoyed that someone had found this podcast um, and uh, sorry, had found this meditation on YouTube. And I had no idea how many people had listened to it. And I think it's had, I don't know, nearly, nearly 400,000 people. And what Jacqueline didn't know about this is when I, when I found out that she'd been listening to, I went and looked at it. I thought, oh, look at all these people that have been watching. And then I found another one that I've now got that's had 1.7 million. And that's that's all on affirmations. And what, again, I said this to Jacqueline the other day. I said, if you hadn't have told me that, I never would have looked into it. And then it transpired that I have, I had about, my wife said to me the other day, about $5,000 in a PayPal account that I didn't even know that was there for all of the watches of that because it's not my channel it's on another channel and they they use a lot of my material um so i'm so grateful because it took me on a journey that made me find out that i had uh, a whole lot of money but i didn't make it for money you know i make it because i love 
I love voice. I love music. I lo- and I love a video. And if you can put something together that inspires people, it's extremely powerful. I just wanted to say something really quickly about the writing. It's the truest expression. If you think, what is the most unique expression of you that you could give someone, right? It would have to be something you wrote down. And uh, I don't know how many of you ever wrote, a, ever, how many of you ever wrote a love letter or you received a love letter, even better. You received a love letter and you, you read it and the more you read it, the more you could feel what the person felt who wrote the love letter. <laughs> Some of us grew up in a time where people did write more, but Dr. Norman is so right about that expression of engaging the prefrontal cortex. I write every single day. I, like you, uh, Paul, have my own journal. But this is something I really wanted to, I really wanted to share very quickly, which was I've been very fortunate in my life to have some coaches. And I had a coach for 16 years. He was from the Philippines. He lived in Dallas. He was a doctor. Uh, he passed away a few years ago. He was incredible. He was like Mr. Miyagi from The Karate Kid. I met him when I was very sick in my late 20s. And I worked with him for 16 years. I traveled the world with him. I spent six months in China with him. I, he was just the most incredible man. He was, a, he was actually a doctor, but he was also a chef. He learned Western medicine, but he also massively understood energy medicine, Eastern medicine. And he told me this story. He was from a little island called Cebu in the Philippines. And he said that when, when they were very young, if someone was sick and people couldn't work out what was wrong with them, they'd get the person to write down their signature. Um, and the signature would be taken off the island to a doctor on the mainland. And the doctor on the mainland would look at the signature and diagnose the person from their signature. Now, I know that might sound completely far-fetched to some people because often when we don't understand something or we necessarily can't prove it, then we tend to dismiss it. But I never, ever forget when we used to do workshops, he used to come over to the UK. What he used to say, he used to say, right, um, there were five questions that he always used to ask and he would want people to sign it. And then I would get all of this information so that when he came, I could give it to him. And one of the questions was, how do you feel about where you are right now? And a few other questions. And I never forget, he once said to me, uh, he arrived and the workshop was all about building a, a mastermind group and having people around me that I could support and I could support them. And I invited a few people that were close to me, but I also invited a few people that, you know what, maybe I shouldn't have invited them. I'm not sure if they were the right people, you know? Anyway, he'd been there for two days and he put, he came into this room and he said to me, who is this person? And I said to him, well, I mean, I don't know him too well. He said, listen, this person's going to be really disruptive. I'm not sure you, sh- you should have, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not sure. I said, well, should I tell him not to come? He said, well, no, you can't do that. You've invited him. And I couldn't believe how disruptive this person was. Everything that Raphael said, he wanted to find fault in it. Now, whether you believe it or not, I, I just think there's nothing more powerful than picking up a pen and writing down how we think, how we feel, what we're grateful for. It is such a true expression of our energy. And it, I don't know why I just told you that story, but uh, I think we all love to tell stories, right? And we all like to listen to each other's stories. And thank you, Jacqueline, so much for posting that here. I'm, I'm deeply proud of that meditation. And I know it's something which many, 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 many people enjoy. I, I just put in the comments a link to it because we also just have it as a as an audio as well. So thank you so much, Paul. I appreciate it. And I've been making notes. And guess what? I'm not I'm, as you've been speaking and I'm, I'm not making notes. Um, 
uh, with a computer, I'm writing them down. So thank you so much. I'm done speaking. Wow. Thank you very much for that share. <clears throat> and I love this because I was looking for it in the background. I finally, I, it's bookmarked. I'm going to be listening to it. Jacqueline, thank you very much for posting it. And it's so very true. And, and Murray, thank you for opening the door to this beautiful conversation. And yes. And, and his, his meditation is awesome. He sent it to me as a back channel. It's awesome. A few days ago he did. And thank you, Pete. Thank you so very much. It's a pleasure, Murray. I, I love you. I think you, you're, you are such a wonderful human being. And thank you for being in this room and gracing us with your presence. In fact, James also wrote in the comments, the pen is mightier than the sword, which I agree. So, yeah, thank you. Yeah, what a great conversation. And I, I, too, I take notes. I write my notes. I'm not typing them into a computer. And I have this wonderful tablet. It's called Remarkable. It's a remarkable tablet. And I, I, my brother, Robert, actually uh, had one. And he recommended it to me. And I thought, oh, okay. And it, it, it was expensive. It was an expensive purchase. But I tell you, I use it almost every day. And I write. And it's just... Uh, beautiful. I write my thoughts. I write uh, how I'm going to be presenting. I, it's just, it, it can, it can carry so many different notebooks in just one little tablet. It's beautiful. Jacqueline, I saw you on mute. Do you have one? You know, I just wanted to add quickly, and I was, I was just reading through the chats and somebody said, you know, can I do it electronically? You know what? The most important thing is, and listen, Dr. Norman is the star of this. If electronically is the best way for you to do it, the most important part is the intention behind it. Taking the time and the intention, setting the intention to focus on the good, focusing on what you're grateful for, focusing on ultimately focusing on yourself to change exactly what we're talking about today so that you change that voice of self-sabotage and it starts to become a positive, self-reflective time to to love on yourself. And that's what gratitude is all about. So pen and paper, absolutely agree. Dr. Norman is the pro, best way to do it, but just do it. That's the bottom line, just do it and do it every day. Even if it's doing Pete's meditation every day and you do that every day and you walk to that, it's setting the intention that you're going to take the time to do it because that's setting an intention to be the best possible you. And that's what this is all about. So we change that inner voice. Thank you, Jacqueline, for that. And yeah, uh, I haven't been following the back channel as much as I would like to because I'm focusing on what's being said here. But to, to the person who said, can I do it electronically? Of course you can. But why not challenge yourself to do it in writing? You know, just try something a little bit different. It's like maybe this is not so familiar, but just just try it. Just write it down, as Dr. Norman has said. And, and Robert, I'm going to turn it over to you. Robert, uh, are you there? Sorry, I thought I had uh, unmuted. I guess I hadn't. I was talking to myself. There you go. That could be uh, that could be a problem. <laughs> so anyhow, about journaling, it's. You know, it is a lost art for sure. I mean, if you, if you read the, the history, I mean, as again, my, my background is in the history of philosophy and science and and all of the great thinkers going way back when going way back to the pre-Socratics and, and, and so forth have always journaled, have always sort of, you know, made notes to themselves. But sometimes we get so busy that it's so difficult for us to do that. What I've done, which is kind of a little bit perhaps unusual, I, I recognize maybe about I guess from the beginning of COVID, when we were beginning to be isolated and weren't able to go out and socialize as much as as we would like, 
I started, um, I never did use my Facebook page very much for anything, really. I just, it was there and I hardly ever went to it. But I started putting my thoughts down on, in very, very short posts. Um, and uh, I've been doing that now for almost two years. And anyone who wants to know my life wants to know who Robert is and what really animates him on a daily basis um, can go to my Facebook page. In fact, I'm hoping that my daughter, after I after I leave this planet, um, you know, if she wants to really know who her dad was, she can go back over my Facebook page. So I guess my life is an open book for anyone that's interested in, in that. And the reason I'm bringing this out here now is that sometimes journaling in, is, is just a difficult discipline for us to really do or we're too busy, but making short posts uh, on Facebook, things that you, you really want to share about yourself and what really animates you, your values, um, I think that's not a bad alternative. Anyhow, I just thought I'd share that, bro, and I'll get it back to you. Uh, you know what? I, I do follow your posts, and they're, they're absolutely beautiful. And I do remember a couple of years back that you weren't doing any of that. And now you're posting things that mean something to you or, or j just that give people an, a smile. So a very good point is that uh, let's share who we really are with people to, to be vulnerable, to open up and to say, hey, this is who I am. So thank you very much for that and, and the conversation, Pete and Jacqueline. Oh, God, this was so great. And Murray, thank you for opening the conversation. So I appreciate that. All right, uh, we're going to move on. And what we're going to move on with right now is the question that was asked in the chat about overeating. Is overeating an act of self-sabotage? Do any one of my moderators want to start the conversation on this? Because I think it's one that uh, that we should explore. Uh, and the key word, or, or yes, I'll go to Jacqueline and uh, then Pete. You know, Paul, when you had posed that question, um, and I have been a person, you know, just so everybody knows that it's not that I've had a struggle with my weight, but I've also had a struggle with my self-image that has been around my weight, um, which in the past, not today, but in the past has led me to lots of ways to self-soothe. And that's what I wanted to come back to around when you're overeating is it's how we're treating ourselves. Are we using food as a way of self-soothing, literally like a soother as we do for our babies when they're younger? Um, you know, overeating and, you know, I look at it as an addiction, like many other things that we could potentially have in our life as a way of soothing potentially, you know, our, our heart. Maybe there's pain there that you're suffering with. Maybe there's areas in your life that you haven't dealt with. And this is, and we know that many people that have dealt with um, physical traumas um, that have happened to them in their past, sexual abuse and other traumas, that they literally self-soothe with food because they just want to hide. And they feel that hiding, they can hide behind um, their food addiction. So, you know, I, I'm not a psychologist and I'm not going to claim to be, Dr. Norman's going to be much better on this than I am going to be. But for me, I know that in the past that I've, I've looked at my own food problems um, as a way of, you know, looking at the mirror and saying, I'm not good enough. So when you're looking at food and how you're feeding yourself, are you feeding yourself the same way you talk to yourself? Are you looking in the mirror saying good or bad things to yourself? Are you feeding yourself with food that actually 
makes you healthier, makes you stronger, makes you feel good about yourself? Or are you feeding yourself with food that's actually making you feel worse? Because what we know is with sugars, excuse me, with sugars, with junk foods, with all of the access that we have to food that is not good for us, that is all a form of self-sabotage from my perspective, because you're choosing to feed yourself with food that is not going to support your whole biological system, which in turn, your brain is attached to your body. So when we're feeding ourselves with food that is not good for us, overeating, we're not only affecting our body, but we're affecting our brains as well. And then that turns us into a mindset and it just starts to spiral from there. So those are my thoughts to me. Overeating and eating foods that are not healthy for you is a form of self-sabotage because you continue to just beat yourself up with every bite. So um, those are my thoughts on it. I'm going to turn it over to Pete and the other moderators to add. Thank you. Really wise words. And once again, you hear someone speaking from their own experience. So uh, this is an area that uh, I've spent years working on. um, If you Google weight loss guru, you'll probably find my name comes up. I never gave myself that name. Uh, I was on TV for many years. I had my own TV show. I've written best-selling books on the field of weight loss. My weight loss program was bought by a big medical insurance company here in the UK because it focused on behavioral change. And look, the first thing is everyone is different. So people would overeat for so many different reasons. And I think what's important is to look at it from a number of different perspectives and to have this, this wanting to just explore it, being curious about it, because... There's a few things I'll say on this and I'll, I'll keep it brief. You know, why do human beings do what they do? Well, there's different theories about this, but I would say most of the reasons we do what we do is to just get out of pain, right? So pain can be boredom. Uh, pain can be, you know, any type of suffering. It could be feeling stuck or frustrated. It's like if we feel any of these emotions, we want to get out of it. And what is the quickest way to get out of pain for most people? Well, it's what you can grab. It's what you can get hold of. And social media, as we know, that's, you know, it's a big addiction. You get a dopamine hit, you get something that alleviates the pain or the discomfort. So, and if you think about food, well, what is food? If you think about some basic human needs, basic human needs, we've got to say fulfillment. I think a basic human need is color, is love. Is 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 a is a just a wonderful feeling, and then if you think of food, what is food? Food is loving. Food is colorful. Filled. Food is fulfilling. It 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 gives you something. So it's no surprise that we turn to it. I, I for years turned to to chocolate when my mum was dying a year ago. I I really just started in the middle of the night. I'd be out walking when she had carers, and I would just eat, and then I just had a conversation with myself, which was. I believe my future self was talking to me, basically saying, no, both of your grandparents, both of them had diabetes. You know, is this something that you want? Um, And I just basically at that moment, I stopped. Was it easy? No, it wasn't easy, but it's easier now. And because, look, whether we like it or not, food is very addictive. And all these food manufacturers, they have food scientists that work for them that make it so that one bite is never enough. So... In order to to change that, I think it's some inquiry and potentially working with someone who could help you 
go on a little journey to discover where is this behavior coming from and how do you feel about where you are right now? But the, the question I would ask to the person who asked the question is, who would you be if you didn't do that habit? Who would you be? Do you recognize that person? Would you like to be that person? Um, if I can help and support in any way, whoever that was, feel free to reach out to me. I've got loads of resources, you know, free resources, which I would be more than happy to um, to give you. But like I say, everyone is different and we could overeat for so many different reasons. Um, but yeah, that's what I've got to say on it. So thank you so much, whoever asked the question and back to you, Paul. Yeah, it's a beautiful uh, conversation that we're having here. So, um, and, and it's such an important one. We're going to go to uh, Michelle Robert and Dr. Norman because uh, it's really sparking some great conversations. So over to you, Michelle. Actually, I'd like to yield my mic to Dr. Norman first. I'll come in at the end if he doesn't cover me. Sure. <laughs> Dr. Norman. Thank you, Michelle. That's so sweet of you. Um, following my good friend Pete, I wanted to say that um, there is a relationship between trauma in our childhood and overeating. For that matter, there's a relationship between trauma and addiction. I'm not saying that all overeating is addiction, and I'm not saying it all comes from trauma. But those of us who've grown up scared will find ourselves, as Pete has said, doing what we can to... Um, escape that feeling of pain. And what happens is that we, we have opioid um, systems in our brains. They're endogenous. They're, they're, we're born with them. We have a whole storehouse of pharmaceuticals in our brain. And when we go through a trauma as a child, our, our brain generates opiates that help us feel better during the trauma. What happens is that we ultimately hope to heal and the opiates in our system no longer fire. And we go through something akin to a, to a withdrawal symptom where we actually miss that fire. And that's why we find ourselves doing self-sabotaging things physically. Because even though we know on a logical level it's not good for us, we feel on a physiological level or a neurological level that it, it, it suits us, it, it fills us, because it's generating that system in the opi of the opioids in the brain. So if those of us who can't stop eating who eat and say to ourselves, I know I shouldn't, I promised myself I wouldn't have the haagen but at the end of a long day, I deserve it, and we throw caution to the wind, we're creating a jolt to our autonomic nervous system that stops us from feeling self-loathing and reminding us of a time when trauma made us feel bad about ourselves. Instead, we now think differently about ourselves. We self-soothe. It's not necessarily a positive self-soothing strategy, but one that seems to work to distract us from our pain. Again, I do not say that everyone who eats a lot or is addicted is struggling with trauma from their past. However, there is a significant relationship or correlation in the studies on human behavior between childhood trauma and the need to soothe ourselves in ways that are not always positive. I just wanted to add that. Thank you. Well, thank you very much, Dr. Norman. That was uh, powerful and, and uh, very meaningful. Thank you. Uh, Michelle, did you want to go before Robert? Because uh, I'm, I'm going to go back to you and then Robert. And we brought Jess back up as well. So I'm going to go to Jess later. But Michelle, did you want to speak? I did. I just wanted to, I mean, it, oh gosh, Dr. Norman, thank you for that. I'm, I'm, I'm going back through my brain, you know, because I think I've had uh, only, it's interesting, I didn't have a 
struggle really with weight loss until I did have something traumatic happen to me a long time ago. And uh, my way of dealing with it was, of course, to control it. Uh, and, you know, so I, I, I really appreciate you sharing what you've shared uh, because I think it's really supportive for me to just re-look back at my own patterns and see we're never done here. Uh, but what I wanted to say was healthy for me in terms of kind of breaking through the self-sabotage around this area was really to see my eating as a, a lifestyle and not look at, you know, trying to go on a diet and just giving myself permission to change one food at a time so that it didn't seem overwhelming to me. Because when I first started trying to change my habits, when I first said, okay, this, this is unhealthy and I need to go see someone and I need a coach and I, I really want to, you know, transform my body, transform my life. Uh, I recognized that kind of looking at it as something to fix didn't help my brain, which was already kind of struggling with this I'm not good enough uh, theory that so many of us had. And so what supported me in my journey to uh, feeling an integrity with myself was to just look at it as I'm, this is a rest of my life thing. This isn't, you know, some kind of diet that's going to fix me. Uh, and that it's about me transforming so many areas of my life because it didn't just show up, let's say, in the eating. It kind of showed up everywhere. And I did that by making incremental changes and by having someone to support me as I started that journey as somebody like a Dr. Norman, you know, or, uh, you know, a social worker or someone who, you know, like Pete, uh, who's just had years in the trenches with this kind of work. Uh, and so I share that because I think, I think sometimes it can, it can feel, we can have our language creates our reality. I believe that. And I think sometimes the words we choose really tell our brain certain things. So when I hear the word diet, you know, for me, what happened was I went into this um, expression of, oh, my God, I'm being um, restricted. And and so, you know, my I didn't like that. <laughs> I mean, I consciously didn't know I didn't like that, but I didn't like that based on results because it never seemed to work for me. And really what worked for me was saying, I'm going to make incremental changes. I'm going to do it with the support of someone and I'm going to look at it for the rest of my life that I'm eating whole foods uh, that come from the earth as much as possible, natural foods, uh, and see what happens. And it radically transformed my life. I'm just saying my brain works better. I sleep better. I'm a I'm uh, far more expansive. I, I I experience my relationships differently, uh, and so I just say it's so worth the you know it's so worth taking that little incremental step. If there are people in the audience who you know do find that they struggle with food, or like Jacqueline or uh, someone else said, uh, maybe as Dr. Norman mentioning, you know, hey, I've worked hard. I can have that Hagen toss at the end of that night, or oh my goodness, that bag of chips has my name on it. Uh, and so, uh, just watch how we language, how you language things to yourself. You can see that even just changing your language can support you in making that move as well. And with that, I'm going to pass the mic back. Well, thank you very much, Michelle. What a beautiful share. Robert, over to you. 
Thanks, Paul and Michelle. Thanks for that share. That was that was uh, very, very insightful. Uh, and Dr. Norman, I mean, uh, no one can match your insight uh, given your your background and your disciplines. Thank you for that. What I'm going to share is 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 a bit different um, because I'm not trained in Dr. Norman's discipline, uh, but um, I have some personal experience in in this in this area. The question was, you know. Is overeating a form of self-sabotage? And I believe it is, but I believe it's an unconscious form of self-sabotage. And uh, because I don't think that we, I mentioned in my introduction, I, I, I'm, I'm really big on critical thinking. I've, I've really studied it quite extensively. And I just don't think that we critically evaluate our own habits and, and our, 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 our patterns. We, we just don't think about it. We, we just walk through life just doing what we do and, and don't stop long enough to self-examine. Um, three, three and a half years ago, my daughter, bless her, um, sent me um, a text message. Um, she knew that I had been diagnosed as pre-diabetic and uh, was worried about her old man. And she said, Dad, she said, listen, I'm not going to pressure you at all. She said, but I really want you to, li uh, to listen to this Dr. Jason Fung. Now, Jason Fung is a nephrologist. Um, he was the head of internal medicine at Scarborough General Hospital, and he started the um, intensive weight management program in Toronto. Um, and um, uh, his thing was that... Um, it's not only about what we eat, but it's when we eat. It's about time-restrictive feeding, or sometimes it's called intermittent fasting. So, okay, I thought, well, you know, I'll listen to a 30-minute uh, interview because, you know, my daughters asked me to. I said, okay, I'll do it. Not really taking it very seriously, but, you know, since I committed to my daughter, I do it. I, I, I did. And I listened to this. It's on YouTube. And I listened to Dr. Jason Fung. And what he said made some sense. And I thought, hmm, I guess I got to look into this a little bit more. Long story short, I listened to a number of his um, uh, of, of, of his interviews. I bought his book on the complete guide to fasting. Within three I was carrying a little bit of weight around the middle, not a lot, but it was more of my pre-diabetic condition. Within less than three months, I had lost four inches around my waist. I had lost 20 pounds. I was went for um, uh, an appointment and I was no longer pre-diabetic. And so it changed my life. It just absolutely changed my life. I have I'm now following that pattern. I have been for the last three years. I have maintained my weight at my age. And I'm not going not to share how old I am, but I'm probably older than just about all of you here. Um, and uh, I now I had a, an appointment last year and I had lost um, another um, three percentage points of, of fat. And I had put on at my age, uh, well over, over 60 years old, I'd put on three and a half pay, uh, pounds of muscle. And so, you know, we can end up self-sabotaging without realizing we're doing it to ourselves. And so it's it's a good question. I think it's one that forces us to examine how we live and, and what we do about it. So with that, bro, I will pass it back to you. Well, thank you very much, Robert. Um, <clears throat> I remember your journey and uh, you mentioning this to me as well. And uh, I started myself, I, did, I like you, I didn't, uh, I didn't think that I was overweight and uh, I was at 170, 171. And within three months, I was down to 154. And, uh, I, and I didn't suffer. Intermittent fasting didn't hurt. And I've been doing it ever since, thanks to Robert and thanks to Cher. Um, 
we're going to go over to Jess, who has joined us again. And then uh, I think it's Eleni that wants to speak. But over to Jess, because Jess was on stage earlier, and he has a personal share. So over to you, Jess. Thank you very much for joining us. And Ginger, I'll get to you. I, I certainly will. Yeah, I, you know, a big part of my, my personal journey revolves around my weight loss and um, just a lot of a lot of personal realizations I've had to make because of it. So um, I, I find that, that sometimes people don't understand like, like the food addiction is it, for some people is real. Um, for me, I, you know, I grew up being ADHD. I was diagnosed as bipolar when I was younger, but it turned out to be like a, being a teenager with anxiety. I was misdiagnosed. Um, I, I gained a lot of weight, uh, after I, I left my home, like, and I was always heavier. And for me, I didn't really take control of my weight loss until I, I, I really gained a lot of weight after I got married. I kind of fell apart right after I got married. Cause I just didn't know how to deal with married life, being a new dad, all that. And I felt like I didn't deserve my relationship. I felt like I didn't deserve anything I had because for me, all the scars of my past, all the things that have been done to me, um, I, I have, I've had two traumatic brain injuries that, that affect the way my brain operates and, and I'm sure causes more anxiety and depression. And I one day figured out intermittent fasting, just like Rob Bear was talking about, and, um, and the ketogenic diet. And I lost 185 pounds. And, here, and here's the thing. There's a lot more going on than just nutrition. There's also all the stuff that's going on inside of you because I just I just want people to hear this because this is an important message for people to hear. It's very important. I lost 185 pounds. I was leaner than I'd ever been in my life, even as a teenager. Um, I had a but I stood in front of that mirror at the end of it all, and I still hated myself. I still hated myself and I ended up, I ended up gaining that weight back once I made that realization and, and I'm, and I'm back at it now. I'm taking better care of myself because the problem was I never dealt with the weight that was on my mind, that was on my heart and my soul. I never dealt with the things from my past. I never talked to anyone about why I felt the way I do about myself. I thought I could just power through it, keep powering through it for the rest of my life. And I couldn't do it because I had so much more of a burden um, on my mind and my spirit than I ever could have put on my body. And you cannot, you cannot nutrition yourself or, or weight loss yourself to a point where you will love yourself. And the, and, and the only way the only way you can really have a healthy relationship with food, if you have major food addictions, because me, I was eating two large Domino's pizzas and two pints of uh, Ben and Jerry's every night, in addition to all the other foods. I calculated what I was eating. I was eating almost 10,000 calories a day because it made me not feel all the pain from my past. It made me able to, like Dr. Norman said, it, it helped me be able to ignore the feeling of despair and how much I hated myself. And I thought, 
as soon as I get hit that number on the scale that I wouldn't hate myself anymore and that's not how it works. So I just want I just want anyone who's struggling with any kind of addiction to realize go you got to go inside. You got to find people who love you and will, who will lift you up and you got to be willing to put in the work and bring out the hard stuff and process it and get help. Because it was the only way I was able to save my own life. Thank you. I'm done speaking. Jess, wow. Uh, you know, there's. A, thank you for sharing uh, for that vulnerable share. I absolutely love it. There was one uh, sentence that you said that um, that really resonated. I never dealt with the weight on my mind, and unless we deal with those thoughts then how can we deal with anything else? That was powerful. Thank you so very much for that. Pete, um, over to you. Well, first off, I just want to say, Jess, you know, I just started following you because when you hear people speaking that way, I just want you to know that I find it really liberating and inspiring. Vulnerability is, and then just showing that, this is me, this is the experience of being me. And there's a few things I'm going to touch on with this. So, What's really fascinating, I, I, well, I became a fitness instructor in 1989. I was doing my degree in sports science. I must have seen hundreds of people that joined the gym, right? And, you know, it's not surprising why most people would join a gym. Most people would join a gym because, you know what, they're in pain and most of them are overweight. They want to lose weight. So you'd ask them what they wanted. And I tell you, I didn't know this at the time because I didn't know what I was doing. I was just insecure and trying to help people. But I would say that everybody didn't know what they didn't want. Everyone knew what they didn't want. They would say, you'd ask them what they want. They didn't tell you what they want. They would tell you about the problem. They would tell you how they felt. You know, they would tell them about, you know, they can't put their jeans on. They're out of breath. A few people would say, I want to be like how I was in the past. But that was in the past. You can't be your past. You can only be your future. And it was fascinating. It, it took me years to work it out that if you don't know the result of what you want, I mean, this isn't the answer for everybody. But it definitely helps to identify with the person that you want to be, with the results that you want to have. And the, the, the real point I want to make here is, look, there's a word, a Sanskrit word, an ancient Sanskrit word that basically means hero in the beginning, Arumba Kushura. So thousands of years ago, the first written words, they would recognize that people would start things and not finish them. And this is the thing about a diet. And there's a big clue in the word diet. It's the first three letters in the world that people think there's a destination. I just need to lose weight and then I've, I've achieved it. And I think all of us know that, that the path to enlightenment or the path to mastery, it's not a destination. It's an ongoing process. And whenever you hear someone like you, Jess, and I, you have no idea how much admiration I have for you, well done for losing all of that weight. But then to realize that it wasn't the answer you were looking for. And the more we start to realize that, the more I think we are empowered to go again to the point there where we've got the result. We are the result. You did it, not anybody else. You did it. And when you do it and it was yours and you own it, it's unlikely that you'll go back to the way you were before. And I, I just want to say thank you. And this is such an amazing conversation. And lastly, guys, can we give it up for Paul and King? Right, seriously, these guys here, King is silent but he is incredibly supportive. You can feel the guy's energy in the room. I've already sent him a message today. I just appreciate both of you so much. I'm sorry it's a bit windy where I am, but just for creating the space, 
because sometimes I hear things in this room and I think, you know what, I've got to say this. And I'm so fortunate that you give me the space to speak because <laughs> it's very cathartic to listen and it's also very cathartic to speak sometimes. So thank you so much. I'm done speaking. Oh, Pete, thank you very much for sharing that. And uh, yeah, we so appreciate you in this room as well. And thank you very much. That was a beautiful share. And thank you very much for acknowledging us. Uh, but it is the moderators here. Um, it is everybody who comes up that we so appreciate. So thank you very much for that. I see that Eleni wanted to add something to the conversation, but she's on the phone. So we'll go back to her in a little bit. And uh, I just want to say hello to Jeremy, who has joined us. And Jess, I'm going to just tuck you back into the audience, but uh, feel free to come back up. And I want to say thank you again for that beautiful share. And I'm going to remember those words that you, uh, that you shared with us. Um, I never dealt with the weight on my mind. And uh, it, it, that was so profound to me. So I learned something every week in this room. And you just shared something that I will remember. So thank you, Jess. Really appreciate thank, you. Thank you, Paul, for having this room. And, and, and thank you, King, for bringing me up because my heart was on fire wanting to say what I just said. So thank you to all of you for witnessing me and hearing me and, and being a part of my journey, my continued journey. So thank you, everyone. Thank you. You're part of the family now. So uh, we hope to see you every week. And this is a family. We're, we're creating a family bond here in this room. And uh, we just, uh, as you can tell, as everybody in this room can tell, the people on stage support one another and we love each other. So uh, thank you, Jess, for um, coming up and for joining the family, so to speak. All right. So uh, Eleni is still on the phone. So I will go over to Ginger, who has been waiting so patiently. Uh, and Ginger, thank you so much for your patience and for being here. And I'm turning the microphone over to you. Thank you for having me. Um... But I noticed it's one o'clock and you guys say that you want to, you know, this, gosh, this has been great conversation, but um, I know everybody's got to go. But um, I just wanted to say, because um, I just discovered you all, I'm new on Clubhouse. I listened last week and it, it was just amazing for me. But um, self-sabotage really caught my, my um, just really kind of caught me off guard because, um, well, I just want to say before I really talk you know, this is a possible trigger um, alert for anyone that um, if they want to go, that's fine. But um, just in full disclosure, this is only my second time um, speaking uh, uh, Ginger, publicly. Uh, Ginger, mm -hmm. what is the trigger word so that we can alert uh, the audience? What is the uh, trigger word? Um, I would say domestic violence. Thank you. That's all I wanted. O over to you. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. And um, so I, if any of you are, you know, checking me out, I don't have a bio yet for reasons I guess you guys will understand. Um, I had to take all my social media down a couple of years ago, and I'm just now in the process of um, getting getting this back together. But, um, you know, I've spoken on public platforms before, and um, I know that it's a story that I need to share because um, during such time, I've been able to help several people in their um, specific situations. But um, I just want to start off by saying that I am the first female, decorated female undercover drug operations specialist in Central America, Colombia, and Panama for the United States Navy. Um, I, I essentially just pretty much help take down monsters. And um, so I'm very jealous when you guys got to talk about the journaling um, throughout my life. I was unable to do that because if it had fallen into the wrong hands, so to speak, um, 
it just w wouldn't have been a great outcome for me. But um, um, couple that with me growing up pretty much in a war zone. I had a family full of narcissists that I didn't know what that was at the time. So, I mean, it's essentially no wonder that I joined the military. And I am writing a book, and it kind of starts off with that because this is my first time to say this publicly, and I'm not sure how people are going to react, but most people join the military for the love of their country, and and um, which, which I do, absolutely. But it's not the reason I actually joined to um, escape uh, from a narcissistic abusive family. And um, it's kind of like my only way to get out, but um, I used it um, for the betterment of, of everything. And just what I knew, you know, nothing could break me. I, I was pretty much already broken. So um, in basic training, um, you know, which is, it's a long story, but I'm putting it all in the book for sure. But, um, you know, when the sergeant's trying to yell at you in your face and break you, I, I just essentially laughed because... I was pretty tough. I was already a survivor. And um, so I would get in trouble a lot um, because I would smirk or, or I would laugh. And um, so getting in trouble in basic training, I was sent to IT, which um, back then it just meant intensive physical training. And, um, you know, I was in with a bunch of men and, um, you know, I can remember just being in push-up position forever and the guy's next to me crying and I'm just cursing them out telling them if they don't shut up, we're going to be in here longer. So, you know, I'm pretty tough mentally. And um, <clears throat> that's why I went with the undercover um, drug operations, and I found myself in Central America and Colombia, and, you know, it just worked pretty good that I could be undercover because I was um, so pale and so, so pale and bright blue eyes, and, um, you know, I was able to pull off uh, tourist things pretty, pretty easily. Um, so, like I said, with my training, I learned to survive even further. I was also the first female in the jungle survival training program um, in the jungles of Panama. Uh, with the snakes, with the flying monkeys. And so um, with all that, you know, really being said, I've seen a lot. Uh, it's been a lot of trauma. And um, I wasn't really able to talk about it. Um, so I kept a lot of it inside. But um, essentially, uh, <clears throat> the gist of the story is I fell in love and married a mafia family member that I I was just, it was unbeknownst to me. And um, that that's what was going on. And when I tried to leave, well, I mean, you know, bad things happen of course that'll be in the book of course sure but um many years you know went past and and my guard was down again essentially where I was trying to heal but I went right back into my narcissist family I'm just drawn to that um and during that time I definitely self-sabotaged but mine was from under eating um you know feeling that I just I'm used to disappearing um essentially and not being seen so I think my subconscious kind of put that into play to where well I'm, I guess I'm essentially going to be invisible um, and of course I passed out and then I had to do all kinds of, um, <clears throat> you know, nutrition, um, updates for me. But while that was happening, um, I just, unbelievable. It was that I married a covert. Narcissist. Hey, Ginger, Ginger, I, I'm sorry to interrupt. Is there a question here or something that, uh, a point that you want to make? Yeah, I'm talking about the self-sabotaging, um, and, and about the, the eating that, that we were talking about, I think there's just an absolute different turn on the spectrum there to where, I mean, I love food, um, I, where I would just stop eating altogether and um, how our brain works. And um, I was just wondering, you know, how, how I'm going to get through this because I'm exposing myself here publicly and starting to come out with, with all of this. And I call, um, just discovered Dr. Norman Freed, and um, you guys have helped me beyond um, 
and studying the trauma and how it affects the body. So right now I'm having to force myself to eat. And um, I'm just not sure. We haven't really touched on that. And I just didn't know if um, that's something. Wow. Yes. Talk about as well. Oh, Ginger. Yes, it is. (laughs) Yeah. You know what, Ginger? It is because under eating, yes, um, starving yourself is a form, it can be a, a, well, it is a form of self-sabotage. What a great conversation to bring up. Um, Who wants to, uh, I, I saw Jacqueline unmute. Did you want to start Jacqueline, the conversation? Or Jeremy, Jeremy, over to you. Sure. And, and first off, thank you for allowing the stage um, to be a place where you felt safe. You know, that's something that was very apparent. And, and that's something that we want to cultivate every single weekend is a place where people feel like they can come up and share. Because the one thing that I can feel within you is just so much pent up energy and thoughts and emotions and, and, and even some of that eating, some of that, some of that just so much time being spent with yourself and your own thoughts and so thank you for allowing this place to feel like it's a safe place to share and the one thing I would say to you right off the bat is find someone that can be that outlet for you you know it's it's so beautiful how human being how human being works if you're really paying attention because you can hear that just like I just wanted to talk I want somebody to see me for who I am and that, that understanding and I would just so encourage you to find someone that'll just be there and just be a rock for you to listen for a little while and, and start there. You know, the intern, it's something that Jess was kind of talking about too. It's that, that beautiful internal cleaning that happens when we've trapped energy and thoughts and so many things inside of us for so long and you're a beautiful human being and you get to show that now and understand that there's going to be people that get to see you for that. There's so many more people like Dr. Norman and, and Paul and, and Pete in the world as well as we allow that to be shared. And you can start with every person that you meet during the day. And so the last thing I'll say is we, we miss out on a lot of opportunities and, I, and other people can touch on the eating thing specifically, but I wanted to touch on this because that's what I was feeling is that even when you meet people, you know, we're taught to have these drive-through conversations of, you know, hey, how are you? And oh, fine, good to see you, blah, blah, blah. And they're very, they're very surface level. And I've taught a lot of my clients this and a lot of my friends this when, they, when, they're, when they're approaching, like whether you're a waitress or even if you're just at the store and someone's like, how's it going? And the ability to be transparent and be like, you know what? Duh, some days it's pretty good. Some days it's not. You know, I'm learning a lot in my life right now. And you'd be surprised at the five-minute, 10-minute, you know, 15-minute conversations you can have with human beings in the world just from constantly speaking your truth about what's actually going on in your life. So that you don't – and you'll be surprised. There's a lot of loving, wonderful people. So I just wanted to kind of start you with that Just say thank you. For, for allowing the space to be comfortable and understand there's a lot more people like that in the world because I can tell you have a lot of energy pent up inside. Thanks for speaking. Oh, Jeremy, thank you very much for saying that. Uh, that, yeah, powerful, very, very, and Jacqueline, over to you. Well, I just wanted to make sure first that Dr. Norman didn't want to pop in because this is his expertise. So Dr. Norman, I don't know if you're free right now. And if not, I'll go. Um, Ginger, I wanted to first of all, and I said this earlier. I'm sorry, I, I am, I am free. Is, perfect. I, I am free, and I appreciate that. But I do want to hear from you, Jacqueline. So please, thank you anyway. Thank you, my friend. Um, Ginger, the only reason I'm piping in is because I have been in the place that you have been in. I spent a decade um, starving myself, so I was thin enough, and I thought if I was beautiful enough and skinny enough, that people would love me more. And I just want to share with you my own experience and 
after a lot of years, I came to realize that my problem was, was not the starvation. It wasn't the lack of food putting into my body, but it was, I realized I, I just didn't feel enough. I thought I had to be something everyone wanted me to be. I thought I had to have the perfect breasts. I had to have the perfect body. Um, I had to be an athlete, so many things. And on top of it, you know, very much sound like you do, you know, I had my own business and, you know, I was getting out into the world and putting myself out there. For me, it all came down to, I just didn't feel like I was enough. I didn't love myself enough. And that's an ongoing challenge, um, you know, that it's taken me a lot of years to get there, to know that I am now and what, how I show up in the world and who I am, that's enough. And so I just want you to, to really ask yourself those questions to yourself is how am I feeling about me? Do I feel like I am a strong woman? Do I feel like what I'm doing with my writing and my book is going to serve, you know, and really take that look in the mirror and say, why am I starving myself? Because it means you're not seeing what we're hearing in you. And that's a beautiful person who's making a contribution to the world and truly going to put herself out there for everyone to see to be of service. And if you could see what we're already seeing in here from this very short time, you'd stop starving yourself because you realize the world needs you. And instead, you'd start feeding yourself what your body needs so you can be around for a really long time. So I just want you to take a minute and see yourself the way that we're seeing you today, which is brave and strong and fearless for coming up and sharing this with us today and for putting yourself out there to write a book. You know, I've put my, my book on the shelf because I've been scared of doing it. So I'm commending you and it's amazing. So go back and ask yourself if you're feeling the same way that we're seeing you because you're gonna start feeding yourself the food that your body needs so you can thrive and that your brain can finish this book in a beautiful, creative way to serve the world. So thank you. And Dr. Norman, I'm gonna pass it over to you. Well, thank you, Jacqueline. Um, Ginger, thank you for for um, following me and for the, your interest in the work that I do. I, I'm having uh, a difficult time being able to tease out what is the this this the um, limiting food intake from the very imp- intense story of your of your life you have a very intense narrative of of a lot of clandestine activity and also a lot of um, abuse from others so I, I really can't determine you know what it is that causes one eating disorder from another but I do want to remind you that self-limiting does have its roots in um, in self-loathing, and so it's it's really important that you do your inventory of what you're really proud of, and you really have a, a lot to be proud of. And if you could continue to search for um, the strength that has always been inside of you, you might actually reward yourself with um, with what with the nutrients that this world has to offer not just in terms of calories, but in terms of culture, in terms of love, in terms of healthy relationships. There is a history here of you taking on more than you think, you, more than the world needs you to do. You take on 
men that are not uh, good for you. You take on projects that are beyond your definition of culture. And I think it's beautiful and noble, but you can also just take it down a bit, embrace what's around you, and allow the world to nurture you. Not everything has to be a conquest. Sometimes it's just about love. Thank you, Dr. Norman, and thank you, Jacqueline and Ginger. Thank you for opening that conversation. I just wanted to say, um, I wanted to acknowledge you and thank you for your service, uh, for the work that you have done. And you spoke about running away from people and joining the military, and I think that a lot of people run away from difficult situations and join something, a cause, a place, a job, to get away and escape. And uh, that's a point uh, that we have to look at as well. But uh, Ginger, I, I'm so happy that you joined us and that you're writing that book. I think it's going to help a lot of people. And I know that it's going to give you um, an outlet to share your thoughts. And when I wrote my book, it was therapy for me as well. It really helped me to get my thoughts out on paper and then share it with the world. So thank you very much for coming up. I really appreciate it. All right, we are at the end of the room. What I would like to do this week before I close the room is read a story. And I haven't done this before, but I came across this story just this week, and I think it's worth sharing. And it really is on topic here. It's called Teddy's Story. There's a story from many years ago that tells of an elementary school teacher whose name was Mrs. Thompson. As she stood in front of her fifth grade class on the first day of school, she told her children a lie. Like most teachers, she looked at her students and told them that she loved them all the same. But that simply was not true, because in the front row, slumped in his seat, was a little boy named Teddy Stoddard. Mrs. Thompson had watched Teddy the years before and noticed that he didn't play well with the other children. His clothes were messy, and he constantly needed a bath. Teddy could be unpleasant at times. It got to the point where Mrs. Thompson would take delight in marking his paper with a broad red pen and making bold X's and finally putting a big F on the top of his papers. At the school where Mrs. Thompson taught, she was required to review each child's past records. She put Teddy's off till last. When she finally reviewed his life, or his file, sorry, she was in for a surprise. Teddy's first grade teacher wrote, Teddy is a bright child with a ready laugh. He does his work uh, neatly, and he has good manners. He's a joy to be around. His second grade teacher wrote, Teddy is an excellent student and well-liked by his classmates. But he's troubled because his mother has terminal illness, and life at home must be a struggle. His third grade teacher wrote, His mother's death has been hard on him. He tries to do his best, but his father doesn't show much interest. His home life will soon affect him if steps aren't taken. Teddy's fourth grade teacher wrote, Teddy is withdrawn and doesn't show much interest in school. He doesn't have many friends and sometimes he even sleeps in class. By now, Mrs. Thompson realized the problem and she was ashamed of herself. She felt even worse when her students brought her Christmas presents wrapped in beautiful ribbons and bright paper, except for Teddy's. His present was clumsily wrapped in heavy brown paper and he got for, uh, that he got from a grocery bag. Mrs. Thompson took, plan, uh, 
took pains to open it in the middle of her class in front of the other uh, students and presents. Some of the children started to laugh when she found a rhinestone bracelet with some of the stones missing and a bottle that was one quarter full of perfume. But she stifled and uh, stimulated the children laughter when uh, she experienced and, and opened herself up to what was being presented to her. She put on the pretty bracelet and she put on a dab of the perfume that uh, on her wrist. And Teddy Stoddard stayed after school that day just long enough to say, Mrs. Thompson, today you s smell just like my mom used to. After the children left, she cried for at least an hour. On this very day, she quit teaching, uh, reading, writing, and arithmetic, and instead she began to teach children. Mrs. Thompson began to pay close attention to Teddy as she worked with him. As time went on, his mind seemed to come alive. The more she encouraged him, the faster he responded. By the end of the year, Teddy had become one of the smartest children in class. Despite her lie, she had become one of her, he had become one of her teacher's pets. A year later, she found a note under the door from Teddy telling her that she was the best teacher he had ever had in his whole life. Six years passed by, and to her surprise, another note came from Teddy. He wrote that he had finished high school third in his class and that she was still the best teacher that he had ever had in his whole life. Four years later, another letter came saying that while things had been tough at times, he stayed in school and stuck with it and that he had graduated from college with the highest of honors. He assured Mrs. Thompson that she still was the best teacher and favorite teacher that he had ever had in his whole life. Four more years passed by and yet another letter came. This time he explained that after he got his bachelor's degree, he had decided to go a little further, again assuring her that she was still the best and favorite teacher that he had ever had. The letter was signed Theodore Stoddard, M.D. The story doesn't stop there. She was, there was one final letter that spring that Teddy sent and that he had expressed that he had met a girl and that he was going to be married. He explained that his father had died a couple years ago, and he was wondering if Mrs. Thompson might agree to sit in the place uh, of his place for the wedding, and that he was usually, that was usually reserved for his mother. Of course, Mrs. Thompson did. She wore that bracelet, the one that uh, was given to her by Teddy, with the several rhinestones missing. She also made sure that she was wearing the perfume that Teddy had remembered his mother wearing on her last Christmas together. After the wedding, they hugged each other and Dr. Stoddard whispered in Mrs. Thompson's ear, thank you so much for being here and for making me feel so important all these years and showing me that I could make a difference. Mrs. Thompson, with tears in her eyes, whispered back, Teddy, you have it all wrong. You were the one who taught me that I could make a difference. 
I didn't know how to teach until I met you. I heard this story while driving home one night, and as presented by Mrs. or sorry, Mr. Wayne Dwyer, as I began to reflect over the years of my life, just turning the page, I quickly realized that the countless times I too, like Mrs. Thompson, had judged someone by their appearance, such as the ones you see standing at the intersection with the signs that read, will work for food. How quickly I have judged those souls without ever considering what events in their lives had led them to be where they are now standing. As we each go through our daily lives, it is so important to look at people and not judge them for the positions that they're in. This story I came across uh, when I was listening to one of uh, Dr. Uh, Wayne Dwyer's uh, presentations, and it reminds me of the importance of not judging other people and that everybody here has a story. And so I just wanted to share that with you. So thank you very much for that. Uh, do any one of my moderators want to add anything before we close the room? Okay, so thank you very much, everyone, for coming today. And I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart to each and every moderator who has been here. I, I appreciate you. I thank you. And to everyone who has come on stage, I thank you as well. That was, uh, you shared some amazing information and we had some great conversations. So thank you very much for that. And for each and every one of you in the audience who has been listening, I thank you for your time as well. And on that note, uh, let's unmute and uh, we can close the room. So Bye, we're going to close. Have a Bye, great everybody. Weekend. Thank you for a wonderful morning and God bless all of you. Thank Bye. you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week for another insightful episode. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button and leave your comments. For more information, check out our website at www.inspireus.ca. Remember, it's not what happens to us that matters most. It's how we respond to what happens to us that does. Stay strong and resilient.